Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your clogged fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to perfume. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? I caught your quote, sir, in which you said that this is a CDC issue. It should not have been a court issue. What did you mean by that? I think it's a bad precedent when decisions about public health issues are made by by people, be they judges or what have you, that don't have experience or expertise in public health. And I believe that this should remain a CDC decision. Decisions like how we protect the health of the American people should be decided by public health scientists and not by a federal judge. For current and future public health crises, uh, we want to preserve that that. Uh, authority for the CDC to have in the future. The Biden administration has to do everything they can to preserve public health authority in the future. There may very well be a variant in the future. As a matter of principle, if in fact it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we'd be able to do that. I doubt it. You are fake news. Let's go, Brandon. Very fake news. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. You're a stupid son of a bitch. Jeez. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. And also big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christians and I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. You know, for the record, I'm convinced Blonde got me sick through the internet somehow. That's my official claim. No, I no, I I went to Montana, broke into your house, and then I coughed in your face and drove five hours home. Whatever story, we're going to have to stick with one of them. Um, I do feel better than I have the last two days. The voice is hanging on, but probably barely. So if it fails over the next uh, two and a half hour tour, my apology and thanks for bearing with it. But we do have plenty to talk about tonight, as always. What a week for media drama. CNN Plus dies. Disney gets slapped by the state of Florida. Taylor Lorenz goes after libs of TikTok. And plus, uh, over the weekend, there are de- uh, new developments in Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter. We will go through all of that. Uh, also, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is in trouble after he denied a New York Times report that said he planned to call Trump and tell him to resign after January 6th. McCarthy said the report was false. And then the audio leaked of him saying exactly that. And he's, Liars. he's still denying it as of Friday on these technical grounds. Well, I said, I, I never, I didn't say I was going to call him and tell him to resign. Yes, you did. <laughs> you said exactly what you said. I plan to call him. And my recommendation will be that you resign. It's one of those rare things where, 
if you, if you could make a move to piss off literally everybody, Kevin McCarthy pulled uh, an amazing one. So we'll go through all of that. It, you know, it, I, I don't necessarily want to go back to January 6th themes, but this is, I think, more of an impact on who is going to be your next Speaker of the House, assuming right. Republicans take over, which who knows how fortified it'll be. But can McCarthy withstand what is probably going to sow some distrust among his uh, among his party as he's poised to gain a, it. gain a leadership role in the fall, potentially, or next winter, rather? Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, speaking of January 6th, was put on an absolutely ridiculous show trial in Georgia on Friday. But it was funny. It was hilarious. Uh, She's facing accusations that she participated in January 6th and therefore is constitutionally prohibited from (laughs) holding elected office or running for office again. I wouldn't say that this was quite Rittenhouse level absurd, but it's pretty close. The prosecutor uh, accusing her of stealing a line from the movie Independence Day. Right. Even though it was a 20th century poem. Is that the origin? I I don't even know the origin of the line that he was talking about. Yes, it's a Thomas poem. Uh, don't hmm. go gently into that night is the line. Gotcha. She said, don't go quietly into that night, which yeah. is from Independence Day. But I've heard a uh, hundred people say it in my life. So well, Even if she was inspired by Independence Day, <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Anyway, we'll get through that. Uh, and, and it's going to be one of those rare nights with no hoax hate. But what I know, I just there weren't, I didn't see any that were particularly interesting. But I do have two actual hate crimes. That deserve a little more discussion. We will catch up with those. And before we get out of here tonight's movie review is, oh, brother, where art thou? So please do stick around. And of course, we'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Low down money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern time. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's Matt Christensen Media. Dot com. We have the show store up and running. Uh, so if you'd like to pick up a hat or a mug or a T-shirt or any sort of uh, awesome product like that, they're all available over there. Plus, we have uh, great offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Everyone knows how many options there are for shaving products, but they all seem like they come with huge compromises. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. I'm talking about the new high noon safety razor from Western razor. Not only is it made in America, but it uses widely available double edge razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling you disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method made out of 100% metal in the USA. Western Razor's High Noon Razor is a fantastic way to buy American and actually save money. Get one today. You can get uh, 10% off your entire order from Western Razor using promo code MATT10. That is 10% off at Western Razor with promo code MATT10. You can find everything you need from Western Razor, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Charity Swipes, Hero Soap, Soap Company, uh, Phoenix Ammunition, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners for listeners. couple of announcements. Uh, we've had a few technical issues getting the Odyssey live stream Going and staying going, maintaining, uh, including sometimes not appearing over there live at all. But 
I believe that's all sorted out uh, as far as at least the stream getting there. But we've also had issues with buffering, as in mm-hmm. the stream will kind of pause or have to reload, get interrupted. Uh, the Odyssey team has been very helpful with me. Uh, so you can now adjust the stream quality while live over on Odyssey. So if you're getting a lot of interruptions, obviously you'd like to have as high a resolution as possible, but try bumping down the stream resolution to 720 or 480 uh, in resolution. Oh, we'll look better and better. Bottom, it's probably for the best. I, I was going to say, obviously we hope for higher resolution. There's, they say they're doing some uh, improvements. Do we? I'm 34. So. But maybe mm-hmm. 480p yeah. is the best way to watch the show. Uh, Vaseline on top of Vaseline. Top of Vaseline. <laughs> and the Odyssey team tells me they are continuing to work on upgrades. So uh, if you would like an alternative to Susan Wiki Wiki's Rain, that is one of your options. Uh, and thanks for being patient with us over on Odyssey. Also, a quick correction. Not that it's uncommon on the Wednesday call-in show for completely outlandish, uninformed statements on a variety of topics to be uttered. But whenever I get something totally factually backward, not just wrong, but the opposite, the, the, the polar opposite of correct, it's a, it's a good policy to revisit and correct <clears> the record. <throat> so we were talking about Idaho and Montana marijuana laws with a caller on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I mistakenly read the Idaho marijuana law Wikipedia as saying weed is, quote, fully legal in Idaho as fully uh, illegal, fully illegal. I missed the I and the L. <laughs> so as a matter of fact, no weed in Idaho. Hide your stash. Idaho is one of four remaining states where uh, it's not legal to possess or consume for any purpose. That's what so. I thought. But um, I am pretty proud that I did not know that. Hmm. That is how wholesome I've become. Wow. Trad <laughs> for mis uh, for that misreading. I am indeed fake news. And um, thanks, you are fake news. thanks to a police officer in Ohio for emailing and correcting my misunderstanding. Uh, let's get into the news. Another thing we mentioned on Wednesday uh, was the claimed disappearance of YouTuber coach Red Pill, uh, otherwise known as Gonzalo Lira. He had been living in, or has been. I suppose he's still there. I think living in uh, Kharkiv, Ukraine. And he disappeared about a week back and reports circulated that he was captured or killed by Ukrainian forces for his uh, pro-Russian stances or rhetoric. Uh, But in a live uh, live stream Friday, Lyra says he was picked up by Ukrainian police, but he has been released and is fine. You can go listen to that live stream if you're looking for an update. He looked pretty good. Do you have anything else to add? No, I just noticed that nobody had... um taken off his fingernails with pliers ah accusations by implication i see fair (laughs) enough no he's fine that's good i'm i was really concerned that he was dead i was like as soon as i heard this i was like oh he's fucking dead that guy there were a lot of reports from supposedly credible sources that said that he was but uh yet another example of how a lot of information coming out of that part of the world uh take it with a grain of salt because yeah uh, screw you scott ritter Whoever that is, we don't even know. I'm, it might be more wrong. Any report might be more wrong than than me about uh, Idaho marijuana laws. And that's saying something. Well, um, we have had many a debate about the gayness of certain sports and the I've ranking. I've never said anything about basketball. Well, I was going to ask you, and I'll, I'll wait until after this video clip, because I, I'm just wondering where basketball ranks in the in the gayness. But hold your thought. Because I've long defended, I'd long defended football, tried to until the NFL came out last year and definitively declared that football is gay. And I had to concede the point. 
So the question is, how gay is basketball then? Well, listen to NBA great Charles Barkley uh, describing how intimate things get between men on the court. This uh, during the halftime show of Thursday night's Warriors Nuggets playoff game. I mean, he's just banging and banging and banging. When a guy's banging you, you don't you spin off of him. Those are the worst defenders to play against, actually, because if you can feel their body, uh, come on. 18 points for Joker, <laughs> only Nugget in double figures. 69-59, Golden State shooting 67 way out of order right now. That's pretty gay, too. Whatever that was right there was also pretty gay. I'm going to go with not gay. He's so not gay that he didn't realize that what he was saying made him sound like a huge faggot. <laughs> All right. Credit to Charles Barkley. I, I'm surprised. So not just less gay than football, but miles less gay. Not even close. Any sport where you can end up in the 69 position with a man is the gayest sport. So, Well, you can definitely do that in basketball. It just might be less likely. It's never happened in a game of basketball. Oh, I can show you a picture. I'll I'll find a picture of that. For sure. Do you have loose, that ready for me? Loose ball. <laughs> unfortunate phrasing. But, you know, guys fighting over a loose ball. There's got to be some quasi 69 type. Okay. The, positioning. The, it's down ranked. Like, yeah, you routinely end up a 69 position in wrestling. So that's the gayest one. More right? certainly more common. I will grant that point. And certainly and more common in, e- in, football in football, too. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, hey, speaking of guys getting banged. This dude got banged in the face by Mike Tyson. What was oh, that I've about? I've never seen somebody more deserving of getting punched <laughs> in the face in my life. So TMZ released this uh, this video of Mike Tyson, like pretty loosely wailing on this passenger. He's still in really good shape. He could just knock somebody's head off of their body. And he like only kicked this guy's ass a little bit. But it seems like this guy was a drunk douchebag and was harassing him on the plane. He was also a criminal, but we should watch this video. Here is the uh, footage released by TMZ earlier this week. This is George talking to Mike Tyson, bro. This shit crazy, bro. Mike Tyson. Should have never gave you his money. Peasants. They're peasants. Hey, 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 Mike, Mike, come on, let's go stop back, there's no horse, man. JetBlue, man, flight, my boy just got beat up by Mike Tyson, turn that way. Yeah, he got f***ed up. Yeah, he, he deserved it. You're, you're harassing Mike Tyson. All Mike Tyson wants to do is get on a plane in first class, be left alone, go to whatever weird commercial deal he has, and then go back to his $10 million house, that's all he wants. Anyway, this this guy, habitual felony offender status, um, grand theft auto, hmm. uh, fraud by identity theft, trafficking of property known to be stolen, use or possession of drug paraphernalia, and then possession of a controlled substance without a prescription. Okay, so a lot of issues he's had. Bonafide right. motherfucker. <laughs> and a lot of people were commenting on this too. Of course, a quote from Mike Tyson a couple of years ago appears to have come true in July, 2020 Tyson posted on Facebook, social media made y'all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Now I am about as um, pro free speech as a cultural value as it gets. And in general, I think that, you know, we shouldn't be punching people over words uh, or at least we should try to avoid that as much as possible. 
the facts remain under investigation. It does seem like this guy was uh, all but begging to be punched in the face by Mike cruising Tyson. Cruising for a bruising. There's allegations he threw a water bottle at him, which would yeah. be a physical aggression as well. He seemed wasted, too. Like, now, wh- whether there was physical aggression or not, uh, I think we can all agree you're a flat-out idiot if you talk shit to Mike Tyson to his face, and you should consider yourself lucky that he didn't turn your face inside out. To your point, he could have well, Mike Tyson murdered right. this dude. Yeah, I think he practiced a lot of restraint. Probably um, did. It, it clearly went on for some time before Mike reacted. That is a problem, though. No one is afraid of getting the shit kicked out of them anymore. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. The anonymity and the uh, safety of the Internet has made us a little too comfortable. Yeah, right? you're my age. In high school, there used to be a social hierarchy based upon uh, men that could kick your ass. That's like, true. It's impossible to deny. And it's the way it should be. Yeah. And now it's not like that. And everything has fallen apart. More bruising. Well, you know who's on the top of the strongman hierarchy? Malcolm Nance. He's so strong, so brave that the war in Ukraine is probably sure to wind down now. Malcolm Nance has joined the fight. Yes, the uh, slightly overweight, middle-aged former intel officer turned MSNBC analyst has put on the armor and the improperly slinged AK around his shoulders. And uh, he's ready to expel the Russian invaders of Ukraine. He was uh, here. He was on Joy Reid's show this week. The more I saw of the war going on, the more I thought, I'm done talking, all right? It's time to take action here. So uh, about a month ago, I joined the International uh, Legion here in Ukraine, and I am here to help this country fight, you know, what essentially is a war uh, of, of, its, of ex- extermination. This is an existential war, and Russia has bought it to these people, and they are mass murdering civilians. And there are people here like me who are here to do something about it. What an incredible opportunity for people to act like they're they're in the line of danger to save civilians when nothing like that is even happening. Uh, well, they're, are you saying no attacks on civilians? Or what are you saying? I'm saying that we don't know what's happening. I mean, I'm not I'll, getting I'll... Any, <laughs> any realistic and accurate on-the-ground reporting about this. I don't know who to trust. And all the only thing that I know about this is that I know basically nothing. I will accept the premise of attacks on civilians in Ukraine much faster than I accept the premise that Malcolm Nance is even in Ukraine. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, for real. But look at the quality (laughs) of people that are like, I'm going to go fight for Ukraine. Like if it was really that much of a risk, would these people be sticking their necks out? Would they? He's clearly ready for combat because the safety is off on the rifle. That's how you know he's about to (laughs) drop a bunch of of Russians. (laughs) Here's hoping Malcolm Nance doesn't accidentally wander into the uh, Chernobyl radiation of which he is about which he is such an expert as we've seen previously. And he probably won't, because, as I said, um, this is likely live from his backyard anyway. But I I actually think he is there. Seriously speaking, I've seen some other videos of him analyzing missiles in the sky or something like that. So I, I believe he actually is in Ukraine. But the degree to which he's helping or doing anything, I'm sure, is very little. Anyway, we also have some news from the um, from the set or the investigation of Rust, of course, that being the the set on which Alec Baldwin did not pull the trigger on the gun that spontaneously shot Helena Hutchins and director Joel Souza. 
Uh, the production company has been hit with a nearly $140,000 fine by the New Mexico Occup- uh, Occupational Health and Safety Bureau for, quote, willful and serious violation of workplace safety procedures. It is the maximum fine allowable by law. The bureau says there is more than sufficient evidence to show that if standard industry industry safety practices were followed, the fatal shooting would not have occurred. The report concludes that Rust Movie Productions LLC's Rust Movie Productions LLC's management knew that firearm safety procedures were not being followed on set and demonstrated plain indifference to employee safety by failing to review work practices and take corrective action. The investigation uh, and uh, this investigation and this action is totally separate from the investigation by the Santa Fe County Sheriff and District Attorney's Office. That criminal investigation remains ongoing, but both uh, the the young armorer Hannah Gutierrez and Alec Baldwin are claiming exoneration based on this report. Gutierrez's lawyer says uh, this report shows it was the production management that failed to follow safety standards. Uh, Gutierrez's lawyer also says that she was not provided with adequate time and resources to do her job effectively, despite her voiced concerns. Alec Baldwin also saying he's exonerated because, um, well, according to his lawyer who released a statement, because this report makes clear that Alec Baldwin believed he believed the gun held only dummy rounds. And the report recognizes that Baldwin's authority on the production was limited to approving script changes and creative casting. Now, I am a little more sympathetic to Gutierrez's defense than Baldwin's, not to say that I think Gutierrez is exonerated in full either. But as far as we understand, she wasn't handling the gun at the time, as was Alec Baldwin and the uh, assistant director who handed it to him. And um, and perhaps she's correct that she just had too many responsibilities and didn't fulfill her responsibility Mm. with this particular gun. That's plausible or at least more plausible to me than Baldwin saying, well, this proves that I believed the gun. The gun had dummy runs in it. Well, if I believe that the chamber is empty on my handgun and I point it at someone and pull the trigger and it's not, I have committed a crime. So what you believe is certainly less important than what actually happened. Mm hmm. And second, regardless of um, whether he was formally in charge of safety as a as a producer on the movie or not, he's still part of the production team implicated. To me, this is sort of like saying, well, I was just in the getaway car. I didn't rob the bank. I didn't drive the car. I was just in the getaway car. That might be better than some other people, but you're not clean. You're still part of the team that committed the crime. Or I, committed the I don't think they're worried about the legality of this. I think they're trying to exonerate themselves from like their own burden of guilt. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I, it's just I, I would never thought anything legally was going to happen to either of them. Well, it does seem less and less likely. That said, despite both parties claiming their exoneration, the Santa Fe Sheriff and DA have not done that. They have not criminally cleared anybody, and the investigation remains ongoing. But the farther we get away from this, the harder it is to believe they have criminal charges forthcoming, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I have just uh, a few updates on uh, some of the odds and ends of this airplane mask mandate struck down and is now pending appeal. I posted a couple videos this week on this topic because the sort of CDC powers that the administration uh, is trying to claim are going to be near dictatorial in the future Mm -hmm. by their own description. So even if the mask issue seems over and stupid, uh, the principles at stake are, in fact, very significant. You can check out my last two videos for the details on all of this. But one of those videos is about Fauci claiming in a CNN Plus interview this week that the court 
this being the federal court district court that reviewed the case in Florida, had no business deciding on the issue because the mask mandate is a CDC issue only, as in the CDC should exist outside of and above the law accountable only to itself. I hate that. So over the weekend, Fauci responded to the criticism that he he got for that uh, on Fox News, and he slightly softened his stance. He said that, of course, court decisions should be respected, but his original claim stands. I caught your quote, sir, in which you said that this is a CDC issue, which should not have been a court issue. Uh what did you mean by that? Well, exactly what, what I said, Neil, that this this is a public health issue. And the point that I was making is that you always respect a decision of a judge in a court. And in fact, that's what's happening right now, because masks are coming off in transportation. But the point that I was making that this is a public health decision, and I think it's a bad precedent when decisions about public health issues are made by by people, be they judges or what have you, that don't have experience or expertise in public health. And I, and I believe that this should main, should remain a CDC decision. Uh, what about his experience in public health? Not a great record. I would take literally anybody off the street. Yeah. <laughs> None of these people really have any uh, credentials. Uh, well, yeah. It, it just when he talks about principles, it's so interesting to hear him say, uh, well, of course, I respect the court, but on principle, this should be a decision solely to the experts. Well, why? Why should it be that on principle? Uh, on right. what principle is that actually better? The principle that experts are better at making the decision than the people. The people are the fundamental authors of the law. It's the court's job to interpret and apply the law to each individual case. But on on what basis do we confer this title of expert Right. And who decides uh, what credentials are necessary? You know, that woman with the funhouse mirror face. What is her name? Leanna, uh, Leanna Wynn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wasn't she an OB? Am I thinking about this correctly? She was like an OB gin and then like an I ER doctor. And I, I just think she has experience all um, across the map. It's like, who is credentialed? Is, is it any kind of doctor? Because, you know, doctors can be idiots too. Yeah. And who decides who gets that title, who is on the high council of experts that makes all the policy. And I don't understand how you could say, I would like him to clarify. You are fundamentally arguing for rule of the elites rather than rule of the people. Yeah. Are, are Just, will you go on record saying that it should be rule of the, the, the supposed smart guys rather than people, the people of each state making decisions for themselves. Yep. Yep. I guess uh, if he would admit to that, you could call it consistent, though I would still call it um, unwise at best and traitorous at worst. Uh, this, I, this, the stuff he's been saying the last week is absolute insanity. It is, Leon. Even for him. Even for him. But um, Emergency physician, professor of health policy. Leanna uh, Wen. Yeah, health commissioner for city of Baltimore, previous OB-GYN. I mean, if you did all of those things in your life, you're an expert at none of those things. Uh, well, yeah, there's a case. That's an interesting case. You did too many different things. So how are you an expert at one? Is well, they're vastly saying? different. I think that these yeah. people are propped up by the government. They're chosen and propped up. And then they have this um, this air of expertise, but ordained by by whom? It's it's insane. Yeah. An ER physician? What does she know about immunology? They just it's just the powers that be prop them up and you're supposed to accept it at face value. Uh, if it sounds like a moronic political decision to appeal this court decision, well, that's because it is. Uh, it is going to be politically unpopular, but it's also unlikely to succeed, assuming 
a semi-reasonable appeals court panel of judges, not just because the CDC doesn't have the power uh, the power to make this mask mandate by law, but also as part of this federal case in Florida, the CDC didn't follow legally required uh, the legally required process for public notice and comment for rule changes. So it was just procedurally a problem in addition to just not having the power to do this generally. Idiotic decisions are made by idiots, though, and the um, the head idiot doesn't understand the fundamentals of the issue, which isn't shocking because he doesn't understand the fundamentals of. I don't know where to walk at any given moment. Biden was asked by a reporter if he will extend Title 42, which, as we've discussed a little bit, is the border policy that allowed for immediate deportation at the border for the last two years. It's set to expire uh, later in May. Biden answered the question thinking Title 42 refers to the transportation mask mandate. On Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my, uh, my. Uh, well, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if, in fact, it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Okay. Uh, Biden clarified he was, in fact, talking about the transportation mask mandate when referencing the Justice Department. The DOJ has no plans for action on Title 42, he said. But the question remains, why did he think the airplane mask mandate? uh, Why did that come to his mind when someone asked him about Title 42? That's not Mm -hmm. really explained, but oh, well. My uh, my favorite kind of. Uh, I guess I guess lesser less important, but still very entertaining piece of this mask mandate stuff was, uh, of course, early in the week when the decision came down on Monday, there were all these viral videos of flight attendants and pilots announcing that the mask mandate is over and everybody cheering and ripping off their masks. In one case, there was a flight attendant collecting the masks in the trash, which was a you know welcome moment. But one uh, one tweeter named Jared Rabel uh, took advantage of the opportunity to tweet one of those obviously fake parody stories about the horror that he experienced and his crying son being able to, un- to un- unable to process the moment. He tweeted, I boarded a plane today with my son and mid flight, the pilot announces that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming. This is MAGA airspace. <laughs> my son turned to me in tears. I don't know what to do and that, you know, we got a lot of retweets. It got a lot of likes. It was funny. He gets a DM from a New York Times reporter named Victoria Kim, who sends him the following message. Hi, Jared. I'm a New York Times journalist. I'd love to speak with you over the phone about what happened on your flight this evening. Can you please give me a call at redacted number or let me know how I can reach you? And Jared responded with mockery, saying only a New York Times reporter would, wouldn't <laughs> see the obvious sarcasm. Now, I, I thought Victoria Kim might clarify and, and say, well, I never believed it as true. I wanted to ask him about what's it like to go viral or something like that. <laughs> Uh, as far as I can tell, she's not responded publicly about her intentions. What an idiot. Oh, my gosh. I, I could certainly believe that she was duped and thought it was real. Why else would she care? I, I, I'm Without her explanation, I'm left to assume that's what happened. And uh, lastly, um, as we get into all the legal technicals of this court battle, it's a great time to remind ourselves that it really is as simple as the fact that the power exercised over us only has the authority that we give it um, that without actively policing each other, 
the orders, um, we get are, are little more than than words on paper. So in other words, noncompliance is the real way out, regardless of what the courts say. Case in point, the city of Philadelphia reimposed a mask mandate on Monday, citing a supposed increase in cases and hospitalizations. And by Thursday, the city rescinded the mandate, citing a supposed decreasing cases and hospitalizations. Now, the numbers are complete bullshit. Number one, as though anybody's as though people are all getting tested anymore and you even have an accurate accounting of right. the cases at all. Nobody tests. Number two, the numbers they have were absurdly low. It was about 175 new cases daily in a city of 1.5 million people. Number three, the daily case data were the same on the day they implemented the mandate than they were uh, as they were on the day that they rescinded the mandate, or at least roughly. It was about 175 cases a day, peaking only on one day at about 250. So hardly any difference. And number four, they cite decreasing hospitalizations. That's a lagging metric. It's Mm going to take a little while for hospitalizations to reflect increasing cases. You can't tell me that you were worried about increasing cases like two days ago, but then two days later you see hospitalizations not follow and you're comforted by that. So they did away with the, with the mask mandate and they're trying to say it was because of scientific realities. The reality is they just caved to noncompliance and political pressure. Local businesses brought a lawsuit to end it and people just stopped participating. Businesses stopped enforcing it. People stopped doing it. Like Nancy Reagan said in the eighties, just say no, it is the only way out and they're never going to stop. Uh, and, and we're never going to comply our way back to normal. These people are insane. Just stop doing what they say. And uh, it'll all be closer to normal than it ever has been. Comply oh, our way back to normal. Yeah, really. Good luck. Uh, oh, I do have um, one more item, though, at least before we get to CNN. It looks like um, you will have the chance to just say no at the fortified ballot box or maybe the fortified mail-in ballot uh, in the fall of 2024. Because according to sources, Joe Biden is telling people, including Barack Obama, privately that he is indeed running for re-election in 2024. Of course, Biden says a lot of things that are pure geriatric delusion but that's what he's saying biden will have plenty of campaign surrogates to help him compelling figures like pete Buttigieg and elizabeth warren and bernie sanders he's like 700 years old yeah well is joe older than bernie he might be oh god bernie might be young compared to joe don't quote me on that i'd have to look it up anyway uh a new campaign surrogate for joe biden though he's going to bring out gage grosskrutz Yes, this is allegedly Biden shaking hands with Gage Grosskreutz at an event this week, which um, does explain Biden's handshake with a ghost last week. He was actually looking to shake Gage Grosskreutz's hand, but Gage's arm was nowhere to be found. They couldn't find it. <laughs> they looked everywhere. They figured out the logistics this time around, I guess. Now, Gage, of course, is also famous for several episodes of drunk driving, committing perjury on the stand at trial, illegally possessing a firearm, and, of course, pointing that firearm at an innocent person, Kyle Rittenhouse's face, before paying his arm for it. None of those things he's ever been held legally accountable for. He is the perfect Democrat campaign ally. (laughs) A scumbag criminal who belongs in jail but isn't and demands more laws despite routinely breaking existing ones. Great Democrat poster boy. I know, I know. Uh, I, and to be serious about this story for a second, 
you said this happened at like a, a there was a climate event in Seattle. Is that where this supposedly happened? I could not get any information from this. That's what it said in the comments on the Twitter post. Okay. Um. So you know, totally unverified. Uh. But I did want to say that if this is true, I do, I bet Biden did not even know who he was. I think that's probably true that Biden had no idea. But yeah. my counter would be if you don't know who Gage Grosskreutz is and you don't recognize him at what is about two to three feet of distance, you are not qualified to have a public opinion about the Rittenhouse case, which Biden did many, that's many true. times. Um, no, I'm I, I totally agree. But I mean, he he literally sh- tried to shake hands with no one the other day. I, I <laughs> yeah. doubt like J- Gage Grosskreutz is like the most nondescript looking dude. Other Could than I, his would arm. Would I even recognize him? But I maybe he know. had it covered up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I agree that it's, I don't think that this is obviously an intentional decision. And to be honest, given that this allegedly happened in Seattle, I'm somewhat suspicious that this is not even correct. I yeah. don't know why Gage Grosskreutz would be there. It might not even be him. I've not seen confirmation that it is him. It, it has the appearance of it, but it might actually be a an, an, an inaccurate claim. You know, now that I'm looking at the photo, do you see? Are, do you have the photo up? Mm-mm. Can you grab it quick? If uh. <laughs> I suppose this is mean to single a person out, but the person to the top left of Gage's face. Wow. That's uh that's, that's a rough one. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a fat bastard. This doesn't even look like him. It it's, it looks close enough, but it's a low res photo. It's hard to say definitively. That could so. be, that's baked Alaska. Yeah. If you told it? me it was him, I could probably believe that too. So it might just be entirely incorrect. But it's I hate Biden, so I I really only want to rail on him for the myriad things that he's actually doing wrong. All right, fine. He gets a pass on Gage Grosskreutz. How about this, though? Um, It it was quite a week of developments in the media world and quite a week of uh, white pills for your consideration. And maybe this is too optimistic, but as the queen of the black pill, you tell me, uh, are the times a change in just a little bit, maybe? No, we're fucked. Oh, no. Right, well, just consider these events. <clears throat> it's a good list. Netflix shares go crashing for a series of reasons, not just because of their um, some of the content they've produced in recent years. But that's so part I'm of not it. any richer. Don't care. CN, uh, CNN plus shuts down dead. P- totally predictable. OK. Spotify declined to renew its podcast contract with the Obamas. Now, this one, I think, is a little overstated because the Obamas are going to get a deal elsewhere. Spotify wanted exclusivity in that deal. Uh, not to get rid of the Obamas. Regardless, it happened and there's no deal for the Obamas presently. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, none of, this, none of this matters to me. Disney stripped of its special governing powers in Florida. Meh. All right. That's an, there's a, that is a complex case. I'm excited to talk about it because there are. I understand people want to stick it to Disney, whether or not it's a clear win for Florida. That's less clear. There are some complicating factors. Um, talk to me when there's a, a funeral pyre filled with the bodies of dead elites and I'll, I'll, I'll be singing. But aren't tune. we in, aren't we on the trajectory? Aren't we on, on the path? Netflix <laughs> shares dropping. Oh yeah. We're one step away from Nancy. Not Pelosi's just dropping. Pike. They fell, they fell like 30%. That's Pike we territory. Ways. We got some ways to go. <laughs> Elon Musk secures funding for his Twitter takeover. Okay. All right. I, yeah. Although he might be, you know, controlled opposition. Well, individually, fet, fet, of course. Yeah. Individually, of course, we can find points of imperfection in each case and even maybe cumulatively, they don't matter that much. But 
I'm going to still take a little bit of enjoyment, a little bit of encouragement that these I think these events indicate some shift in a good direction. Is it enough to end all the bad direction that we've seen in recent years? Well, we got a lot more. We got a long way to go, but I'll still take the wins or the good news where I can get it. And um, the first of which I want to talk about is the death of CNN Plus. Now, in all likelihood, that brief Fauci segment was the first and only CNN Plus segment any of us will ever see. But you do have until this coming Saturday, April 30th to get your CNN Plus fix in, because after that, it's canceled. It's going offline. I just offline. can't understand. How did they possibly spend $300 million? What was their plan? You know, it's someone, a subscription-based service, right? People were paying for it. That was yeah, something like 10 bucks a month or whatever. Um, was someone, it $300 million in contracts, mostly? Just investment to get it up and running. I don't know that how was it, it breaks down. It was $300 down, million dollars in investment. They put hundreds of millions of dollars into building it. And someone emailed me with a theory about that, which is completely evidence-free, but just wondering about the question of uh, if everyone knew this was going to be a failure including the people at CNN. They had to know. <clears throat> so if you know that this is going to be a big loss, is it possible it was just a money laundering scheme? I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe, but... Um, $300 million. Yeah. Can you imagine? If you... Uh, I, I don't know what it costs to get something like that up and running, but as, I've, as I mentioned to you when the news came down, it's like, you know, I know that internet content creation is a difficult and long battle. However, I will always have personal pride that I outlasted CNN Plus with <laughs> yeah. a very, very tiny fraction of the money that was put into it. So it's not just us, of course. It is amazing to see the Internet is full of content far superior and far more viewed, created on not even a tenth of a percent of the budget that these people had, which is uh, amazing. But um, if you are one of the people who paid for CNN Plus, don't worry, you're going to get a prorated refund back from them. <laughs> And um, this decision was made by new management after CNN's former parent company, Warner Media, merged with Discovery to form Warner Brothers Discovery earlier this month. The story uh, is that the prior team's vision for CNN Plus runs counter to the new management's plan to house all the company's brands under one streaming service. So they're going with, oh, it uh, it didn't work under this merger instead of, oh, we invested hundreds of millions of dollars and only 10,000 people are watching it daily. That's what Brian Stelter referenced this morning. It's just bad timing. The reason CNN Plus is canceled is just because this merger came at an inopportune time, which, of course, makes no sense. Number one, it's just the the number reality of all of this. How do you make sense of paying hundreds of millions of dollars for 10,000 viewers daily? But two, if if this was, in fact, successful as a matter of the numbers, don't you think the people doing the merger would find a way to integrate it? Yeah, they're saying, well. These people want all of the streaming services under one umbrella. They don't want uh, a whole bunch of different options. Great. Why wouldn't they take a successful existing product and plug it in to their one streaming service? Why would you delete it? That doesn't make any sense. The email announcing this uh, move emphasized that it is in no way a reflection of the talented and hardworking people who poured their heart and soul into building and flawlessly launching CNN plus. Isn't it though? A flawless launch. That is what a uh, failure in three weeks with $300 million is clearly indicative of. Yeah. Aren't, aren't, uh, the lack of subscriptions. You, you might call that a flaw. And um, aren't this the lack of money laundering. You're right. It might be that emailer might be onto something. If the lack of subscriptions is a flaw and the lack of subscriptions is attributable, attributable to the product produced 
and the product produced is created by the people who made it, isn't it actually a direct reflection <clears throat> of the people who made it? Hmm. You might say so. And just when you think CNN can't get any worse, they make baffling business decisions. They have to be up to something because, of course, one of the bigger questions coming out of this CNN Plus cancellation is what's going to happen to Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace famously left Fox News in pursuit of CNN Plus. CNN Plus is dead. What's Chris Wallace going to do? It might be the worst career move ever made. He it's reported that he's trying to get Chris Cuomo's old spot, the nightly spot. But CNN has yet to give that to him. Other hosts in consideration include um, habitual liar Brian. I saw the bodies of Hurricane Katrina and was nearly shot down by an RPG in Iraq Williams. Or even worse, Keith Olbermann. Oh, people hate these people. <laughs> Keith Olbermann's going to come in and save CNN. No indication yet from Crazy Keith, but Keith did defend CNN Plus from critical tweets this week. And uh, last month gave a definitive no to speculation he would return to MSNBC and he hasn't said a definitive no about CNN. So maybe it's happening. The live chat just said the Titanic had a flawless launch too. Yeah, it, it really did. They made it pretty far when you think about it. <laughs> Almost all the way there. All right, let's talk about Disney uh, because the state of Florida has taken a major step in the ongoing battle with Disney. Recall, of course, the legislature passed and Governor DeSantis signed the Parental rights bill falsely labeled the uh, don't say gay bill earlier in the month. And in response, Disney put out a statement saying it is their company's mission to undo that law. Well, this week, the Florida legislature passed and on Friday, Governor DeSantis signed a law that revokes Disney's special district status in Florida. So uh, in, in this particular case so far, Disney has declined to comment. But uh, for an understanding of what exactly this means, uh, since 1969, Disney has enjoyed certain legal exemptions and a self-governing status at Disney World outside of Orlando. That will now change in June 2023 when the law takes effect, assuming it is not uh, changed or overturned in court, something like that. But under the old law, Disney's special district allowed them to develop the Disneyland area essentially without any state red tape. And in exchange, Disney privately managed roads, waterways and other infrastructure, as well as emergency and fire services uh, and water and sewer services, uh, etc. So in general terms, Disney was given autonomous control of the Disney mm -hmm. World area, and it was called the Reedy Creek District. And they were free from county or state regulation, at least as a matter of development and maintenance of infrastructure and running of services and all that. Now, as far as uh, how the bill passed here, the bill passed quickly in the legislature during special session this week. The Speaker of the Florida House had intended to open debate, but since Democrats were screeching and chanting nonsense in the chamber, he just called for a vote immediately and the bill was passed quickly. If, however, our colleagues continue to try to shut down our process, I will entertain a motion to call the previous question and we will vote on these two bills. It is my hope that we will be able to proceed civilly and with decorum and with respect for one another. Representative Fine, you're recognized to explain your bill. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. It seems as Mickey and many have joined us in the chamber today. That said, this is the bill that we discussed yesterday. Mr. Speaker, I move the previous question on the bill. Representative Renner moves the previous question on the bill. This motion is not debatable and requires a majority vote. All in favor say aye. aye. All opposed, no. Show the bill. Show the motion passes. We will now proceed to call the previous question. The clerk will unlock the machine and members will proceed to vote on Senate Bill 4C. 70 days, 38 days. Mr. Show the Speaker. bill passes. Read the next bill. 
Wow. Total lack of decorum. So that is uh, Democrats screeching to protect corporate special interest carve-outs. I couldn't what, even th- hear what they were saying. Something, something, stand up, fight back. What do we do when corporate special interests are under attack? Stand up, fight back. That's <laughs> what they were chanting, essentially. What a weird time. Left. Yeah, Man, Democrats are just... Uh, why should I be surprised at their lack of principle? I shouldn't. Uh, as I mentioned, Disney has not yet commented. It is expected the bill will be challenged in court. So Disney's legal status in Florida changing next year is by no means a certainty. But if nothing changes, that is what will happen. But some things to consider. As I mentioned, I don't think this is necessarily a slam dunk win. I think that there are some things that even if you consider yourself a supporter of that law, that we should consider. And I, I do. I do. I am a supporter of this law. As we'll get to, because I think the equal protection, equal application principles at stake here are are the most important. But there are some tax implications at stake as well. And those may not turn out to be a total win for Floridians, even if Floridians do regain control of the territory. As it stands now, the company being Disney levies a tax on itself to pay for services within the district. That tax currently amounts to one hundred and five million dollars a year. Changing the law means that taxpayers in the neighboring counties will now be on the hook to pay for infrastructure and services on Disney grounds. Additionally, Disney's self-tax paid its bond debt. Currently, that's about $60 million a year. The Reedy Creek District also has about a billion dollars in debt overall since it operates at a loss of around five to ten million dollars a year. That debt now becomes the burden of Florida taxpayers as well. So bottom line, this move does leave big tax bills to pay. But from a detached layman perspective, I don't necessarily see why those potholes couldn't be filled by taxing Disney like anybody else. Not that I think Mm -hmm. it's the best move or not. It's just that changing this law, I don't I don't understand why it has to mean that Disney uh, and all of their um, affiliates and staff and everybody involved that why they would necessarily have to to pay zero. I mean, it's that. We kind of operate under that assumption. You do away with this. Disney pays nothing. Well, they don't pay nothing. There are other tax schemes you can devise to fix that. I'm not saying it's better. It's just I don't necessarily grant the premise that it's automatically worse either. Um, A lot of people were critical of the free speech implications. There are some criticisms um, about this move from that perspective. So the floor, the, the criticisms there being the Florida government has now moved to punish a private entity for its views. And even if we dislike the views and we like what the government is doing. That's not the sort of move we should celebrate on principle. And I agree in general, um, but I'm not exactly sure that punishment is the right word for what's going on here. I think it's removal of special treatment that never should have existed right. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really why I would support if I was you know, in Florida and I was a Florida voter, I would support this law. Because even if we say that changing the law in response to Disney's viewpoint is improper, Uh, And there may be something to that. I think it's much less improper than a system that favors some at the expense of others, a system where uh, the law applies to everyone equally in theory, but except for some people who are, of course, more equal than others. So the carve out um, or two carve out exemptions for special people to have uh, more autonomy than any other citizen or organization for self-governance, I would say is not only morally wrong, but I'm surprised it's even constitutional. The uh, the Florida Constitution states that all Floridians are equal before the law, except for in this regard where they are not. The 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says that no state may deny any person within its jurisdiction equal protection of the law. If you work for Disney, you have different protection of the law yeah. 
or at least Disney as a company does than if you're a different business operating in Orlando. So even if it is improper to change the law in response to speech that the government doesn't like, to me, that's more of a bad time argument. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can't do it at this particular time. Unless I'm missing something, this is an unjust law that should not exist. The right time to get rid of it was yesterday, even if there's some kind of improper activity of doing it in direct response to Disney saying things that you don't like. Mm -hmm. The reality is Disney has been now put in an equal position. It's hard for me to use the word punishment when they're not put at a disadvantage. They're just made like any other regular Joe. Right. So I don't know. Do do you, uh, you have any other thoughts on that? Am I off or? No, I think you're totally right. I mean, why would anybody be upset by this? Uh, The only thing I can see is, is ideological Democrats who love Disney because Disney wants to teach your kids about being gay. That's Mm. it. Hmm. Man. So unless uh, there's going to be a court battle, almost certainly, and uh, we'll have to check up on this story going into next year because that's when it's set to take effect. But, uh, well, let's see. I want to talk Taylor Lorenz and I want to talk Elon Musk. That's going to take a minute. I bet we can power through those quickly, though, and then we'll take a break after that. Okay. So let's do that. Uh, I By now, everybody's familiar with the Taylor Lorenz versus Libs of TikTok story and the Washington Post story. So I'm not going to um, to go through all the facts because people know that. But there are a few leftovers I think are, are worth talking about. And, of course, Taylor Lorenz fresh off the MSNBC interview a few weeks ago that we talked about on the show where she was sad and crying that people were calling her a C word on Twitter. And we had said, well, maybe you should consider just to stop being a C word for five yeah, seconds and see real. what happens. She couldn't help herself. She <laughs> writes a hit piece for the ages about libs of TikTok and the Washington post. She, she docks the account owner. She threatened associated people with critical news coverage. She showed up in person masked outside at the doors of the account owners, family members. Um, And she did outright dox the owner of the Libs of TikTok account. The original article named first full first and last name named the owner of the Libs of TikTok account and linked to a record of her real estate license information in New York. She lives in L.A. now, but it it was valid real estate license information, complete with address and contact information and full name in New York. The Washington Post then went back and deleted the link. So it's just gone out of the story now. And as far as I can tell, that was a stealth edit. There's no mention of that change. Right. Yeah. In any kind of editor's note. (laughs) Shocking. And then they did what? They just denied that any of that ever happened. They, uh, so they didn't explain why they decided to remove the link. And the Washington post put out a statement defending Lorenz saying, quote, Taylor Lorenz is a diligent and accomplished journalist whose reporting methods comport entirely with Washington Post professional standards. This spokesperson added an outright denial of the doxing, quote, we did not publish or link to any details about her personal life, her being the owner of the Libs of TikTok account. But it's right there in the archive. Undeniable. Yet they deny. Gosh, we need to lie more. (laughs) Blonde learning lessons from these people, as always. I am. This is just outrageous. Just lie and back away. They're experts at it. Uh, another uh, piece of this story, you know, speaking of archives, at least one of the Internet Archive Services is protecting Taylor Lorenz by limiting your ability to use it for this story. The Wayback Machine. This Ref- is the whole point of the Wayback Machine. Yes. They refused to archive Taylor Lorenz's Twitter feed this week. If you tried it, the Wayback Machine returned the message. Sorry, this URL has been excluded from the Wayback Machine. Why? Why I've would never they seen- lie? Just Have you ever a seen a 404 message? 
Yeah, I, get, I mean, you could hide it, but they're kind of open about it. You're right. I'm surprised they didn't hide it. I've never seen a message like that on the Wayback Machine. Uh, Internet Archive and the Wayback Machine's stated mission is, quote, to provide universal access to knowledge, just not that knowledge <laughs> and just not you. That's I've not been able to find additional comment or explanation from the Internet Archive on this matter. As of this afternoon, the Wayback Machine still returns the same message when I tried it. And uh, I've tried other Twitter feeds. They work just fine. And I'll also note that it's not just the archive of Lorenz's whole Twitter feed that doesn't work. I tried to archive individual tweets of hers. And nothing. I got the same system refusal for just individual oh, tweets. Now, of course, as part of the doxing and threatening that happened, uh, there were uninvolved people who were threatened as well. Just people who actually had no association or loose association. But in at least one case, Taylor Lorenz emailed an uninvolved person with a threat. According to libs of TikTok, there was a similar account that is not hers, but Lorenz believed this On person Facebook. to be an, an admin of the libs of TikTok account. Yeah. And Lorenz messaged this uninvolved person and said, is that, is that your account? Please let me know ASAP because you're being implicated as starting a hate campaign against LGBTQ people. So you better respond to me or I'm going to implicate you as hateful. Is anyone going to stop her? Well, uh, someone's got to. I don't know how we do this, but someone's got to. <laughs> Maybe she'll stop herself eventually. Uh, but additionally, there was a woman who had the same name as the Libs of TikTok account owner. It's a fairly common name, I guess. And she met the mob's wrath. Even though she's completely uninvolved, this woman is a stay-at-home mom who has an Instagram account that posts mom content, and she was bombarded with hundreds of angry messages when the article came out. The woman had to hire security uh, at her parents' home address because that was posted online. And the woman was also wrongly messaged by Taylor Lorenz last weekend until Lorenz realized it wasn't the right person. But this woman says she responded to a pushy Taylor Lorenz saying, please leave me alone. I'm not that person. And Lorenz was insistent until she figured it out. My gosh. Now, of course, don't forget the real victim in all of this. That's Taylor, Taylor Lorenz. Lorenz. Yeah. She tweeted, the amount of insane stuff that's happened to me over the last 24 hours has been unbelievable. It's an eye, it's eye-opening to see how sophisticated and vicious these coordinated attacks have become. I'm grateful to work at a company that takes these issues seriously and is supportive she also appeared on CNN's Reliable Sources with Brian Stelter this morning to say that she's the victim of a right-wing attack on journalism. The thing is, the right-wing media will lie, right? They kind of just will spin up these narratives. They're, the goal is to sow doubt and to discredit journalism. You know, Brian, so much of what I do is try and educate people about the mechanics of these online outrage cycles and harassment and sort of educate news organizations on how to cover it and how to understand bad faith attacks. And so I think it's really important as, uh, you know, us members of the media who cover media <laughs> to recognize bad faith attacks when they're, when they're levied. Educate. That's how you know somebody's full of shit when they're trying to educate you. Yeah, it's always what this a patronizing smug bitch. Yeah. 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 It's weird these outrage cycles that she educates us about. It's weird how those outrage and harassment cycles always uh, correspond with her aggressive action. I wonder what would happen if she just stopped initiating <laughs> the outrage cycle. Mm. Now, as part of this interview, she also said that finding libs of TikTok's identity was important to confirm that she is not, in fact, a foreign actor. See, Taylor Lorenz is just watching out for foreign infiltration on our behalf. Now, even though 
Of course, Taylor Lorenz could have confirmed the identity herself and not published the personal information that had no relevance to the rest of the story. And even though Taylor Lorenz's own work appears to have been assisted by foreign funding or at least tangential foreign funding, much of the research that went into the doxing was done by a former Twitter employee who is working on a hate speech tracker project that is funded in part by the German federal government. So concerned about foreign influence. I'm sure people we could really learn a lot from this, though. Um, All of the women on the right, we should be uh, defending our image by acting like we're emotionally frail. Hmm. It, It is effective, I guess. It seems effective. I mean, how much hatred does she have on the left? I'm not, I think it's the opposite. She's viewed as a, uh, a heroine. Do you think she's actually viewed as a heroine on the left? I think she's to- well tolerated. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question. I think that she's publicly virtue signaled as a heroine, but do people actually like her in their private minds? No, surely not, right? Hmm. Two separate things, I suppose. And lying to people's faces seems also to be very effective. Com- people on the right, come on. Don't let your morals get in the way of, of protecting yourself. I'm going to stop short of endorsing that, but... Uh... But I suppose, I mean, it seems like that's the game they want. Just a lie contest. We got to we got to beat them in the lie world. Um, anyway, the the end result, though, of course, is always the Streisand effect. Lorenz, uh, because of Lorenz, lives of TikTok's Twitter account has surged to nine hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> followers. It's an increase of three hundred thousand since the publication of the story. So I, I love that they're going after this libs of TikTok account because it's presented without comment. I mean, it's just recirculating existing videos without comment. They keep calling it harassment. And I follow the account and I, I mean, I've sourced a lot of material we've played on the show from that account. Oh, yeah. Almost never does the tweet include disparaging commentary. And if mm-hmm. it is, it's very gentle. It is almost always video clip, fair description of video clip. That's it. Yep. It's it's I've never even seen tweets that are like, look at this loser and then go find him and make yep. fun of him. Never. Even though in a lot of cases, that's probably deserved because this <laughs> loser is deserved. saying, yeah. I have a right to your kids and I'm going to yeah. teach them about anal sex. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so it looks like uh, this will actually work out for libs of TikTok and Taylor Lorenz will accomplish exactly the opposite of her stated goal, which was to minimize harassment of the people featured on the account. Well, the people featured on the account are about to get much more feature thanks to Taylor Lorenz's intervention. And uh, really quickly. Uh, to update on Elon Musk and Twitter last week, we discussed possible outcomes that could happen after Twitter's poison pill move to fight Elon Musk off. Well, one of those possibilities was, was that Elon could simply uh, carry out or continue to pursue this buyout offer with the possibility that the poison pill move increases the cost of doing so. But the pieces are moving in that direction. On Thursday, Elon Musk announced that he has lined up forty six and a half billion dollars in debt and equity financing and is considering uh, taking this increased offer directly to the shareholders. This package includes thirty three and a half billion dollars put up by Musk himself. It's twenty one billion in equity and twelve billion, twelve and a half billion in margin loans against some of his Tesla shares. And then banks led by Morgan Stanley have agreed to provide another thirteen billion <laughs> In debt secured by Twitter itself. And that's interesting, too, because uh, Morgan Stanley, I'm told, is a major shareholder in Twitter as well. So they must they have a vested interest. They must think this is totally legitimate. And potentially that's an indicator that Elon Musk has secured their votes for any sort of move to oust the board if you wanted to go that direction. 
Wow. So it really is moving. I mean, it's continuing. Is this going to happen? It's, is this happening? Twitter has acknowledged receipt of the offer, but hasn't said much since. Uh, but, uh, well, strangely, this morning, Elon Musk followed up that announcement by tweeting uh, mysteriously moving on dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Which seems like a clue. It seemed like a clue that maybe this wasn't going to work out. But then he said, yeah. uh, I'm moving on from making fun of Bill Gates for his climate change hypocrisy. And then this, of course, <laughs> after earlier in the week, tweeting out a picture of Bill Gates compared to the pregnant man emoji <laughs> saying, in case you need to lose a boner fast. <laughs> Great emergency boner killer. So yeah. uh how do we get that rich? We have to have a great idea so we can say whatever we want without fear of lifetime repercussions. <laughs> yeah. He has achieved the dream by and large, mm-hmm. but uh the, the as far as the deal on the table, the offer remains and uh earlier today, the Wall Street Journal reported that Musk and Twitter represent, uh, representation are meeting or did meet today to discuss this takeover bid implying that Twitter is more receptive to the bid with this specific financing than the initial effort. Mm. Bottom line, this looks more realistic, not less every day. This definitely might happen. I wonder how shareholders are going to react. Well, I I read a story before we're live. I don't have it handy, but it sounds like there's a lot of shareholder movement to accept the deal. Because again, if you're getting potentially 20% above the current value of your holdings, Unless you think Twitter under its current management is going to take off 20% in the next year, five years, 10 years, it's going to be hard to envision yourself getting that kind of gain. Seems foolish to turn it down. Yeah. Not just foolish, but uh, potentially a breach of fiduciary duty on the part of the uh, board. Mm -hmm. So this uh, definitely could happen. Then we'll find out what sort of my only, you know, people can decide if they trust Elon Musk or not. My only beef, it's not that Elon hasn't talked about important free speech principles. He has. And I think good on him for putting up his own uh, money to uh, achieve them. That said, he also talks about a lot of insignificant things in my mind, like adding an edit button and reducing bots on Twitter and things that are such so much less significant. The bots so, thing. I thought that that was kind of bizarre. It's like, yeah, it's annoying. But if you had, is that a top 10 problem on Twitter? I don't remember it being that big of a problem, although I don't know how it's progressed over the last four or five years. Well, we are due for a break. Next up after that, we'll get to the uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, scandal over the weekend. And uh, let's see. We are good on D live. Thank you guys for watching over there. I can check up on tippy stream if you need a minute. No, I'm good to go. Go for it. Jeffrey O'Neill had a great Saturday night out with the Melbourne Deplorables. Congrats to PNR on their engagement. A certain mother wishes to speak to R about an 18th birthday coming up. Did Shaniqua make it home? Man, I wish I could hang out with these people in the flesh. This this Melbourne group is, uh, yeah, they've been not only one of the most, uh, well, I don't know, just most frequent and most involved, but they're one of the most the long-standing ones too. They are, it's been, yeah. Like since the meetups ever started, they've been, and through the you know the tyrannical Australian lockdowns as well. And they always keep a jolly disposition, don't they? And they always have the right hand signs. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Daniel Kunkel, have you seen the numbers and the large number of food processing plants that have burned down? The beer bug fear mongering isn't working out, so now they're going to starve us out like Shanghai. We will talk about it. It is very weird. Uh, and it is weird. Yeah, it's not necessarily common for like 18 food processing plants to be severely damaged in fires and other accidents. 
Yeah. You'll be surprised to learn. It's not common. Uh, Robin D. Banks loved the show. You should get Salty on as a guest. Was listening to his podcast before the show. He made a good point. $300 million for CNN Plus and it collapses within a month. Want to see them bank accounts? Yeah. You know, that's, I like Salty. Yeah. We should get him on. Exactly um, the point of the emailer, too. It's just n- nobody's so silly and deluded as to think that this was going to be a smart financial move. There might be some financial shady shadiness afoot. Exactly. Um, Bill Biz banishing the Ferengi. Oh, whoops. Influence from Ukraine. <clears throat> oh, oh my. What, do you, what to what are you referring? Bill Biz. Oh, sorry. I was saying oh, I'm no, muting sorry. myself while making nasty noises. So don't worry. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Mojack 420 can't watch you live tonight. Reliving my youth. Uh, so you're jerking off to seventies playboy magazines in your parents' <laughs> basement. I don't know how old you are. Actually, Well, Sorry. enjoy the bushes. Oh, you actually meant the bushes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the actual pubic hair. I've never heard you say pubic hair. It's probably for the best. Yeah. They, you know, I, 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 uh, I love, I love the seventies bush thing. I think that's great. <laughs> That, that's where I become a feminist when it comes to this weird waxing thing. Body hair. What about armpits, though? No, got to get rid of it. Okay. All right. Shave At your least legs. We can agree on shave that. your armpits. Do an appropriate amount of trimming elsewhere. I bought PN. Won't be able to watch you live tonight, but don't let that throw you off your game. You can do this without me. I don't, I don't know that we can. I don't think we can do it without you. Watch tomorrow, at least. Zero tonin. My mother got her knee replacement last week. However, she had to go to Africa to recover. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> because no. that's where the knee grows. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no beard, Bill. Blonde looking extra smoke show today. He said Hell the yeah, word. No simp. No simp. That's true. Get out of here. I'm 34. Go simp on some 20 year old or something. Um, it's can someone do a don't simp on me graphic of blonde for yeah. me? I'd like to have that. Where I'm looking like really haggard. <laughs> um, Scott in Phoenix, a big donation. Thank you. Two big donations. Hey, there's Matt who tries so hard to keep consistent principles. My uh, hat to you, I tip. Hmm. Then there's blonde who, like an old time gunfighter, steps out at high noon, draws and fires from the hip. Thanks for the ship. Well, thank, thank you. you for keeping the show running. And I, I suppose I you're right. It's um, you know, every there is a point at which every principle bends or breaks because survival is the ultimate principle. There is, is no true. survival. There is no principle higher than that. But I suppose principles about moral truths are in pursuit of our survival. We, we survive best by being moral, good people in our time here on Earth. But I think there's a lot of truth that. um that our, our competing perspectives are a necessary balance against one another to yeah. try to find that. And um, there is no finding of those. What we've discovered with our back and forth over six years now, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Some people are just inherently optimistic and some people are just inherently pessimistic. And uh, I'm not really sure if current events really changes people's sure. personalities. Very much. Well, when I die on the sword or on the hill worth dying on, I'm sh- I will, I, I promise I will toss you the revolver off my hip so that you may continue your hip firing in whatever direction appropriate. Nancy Pelosi. Um, <laughs> Scott and Phoenix also. Uh, Matt and Blonde weekly nav- navigating the cultural topography like the super ego and the id. Who do you think the id is in this analogy? Okay, who is hmm. the id 
in the cultural topography of the United States? Um, Depends on who you ask, I guess. That's kind of a subjective question. Who's guiding the culture um, for whom? I can't answer this. Um, Whoever's behind guiding the minority vote is the id. Yeah. Okay. Who's the superego? This is difficult, but this is a big donation, so we've got to answer it. Mm. Who is um, has self awareness? You. You're very special. Topography? I don't know. I don't actually know the psychological terms that well, so it's hard for me to make the proper analogy. Well, the super ego is like the part of the person that is self critical and self aware, mm. probably more cautious in decision making, and the id is like the the lizard brain impulsivity. Who's the, uh, who's the leading mechanism of restraint and caution. That would be what we're looking for. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that we have a lot of those left. It's Matt. Yeah. It's clearly me. I am. I am holding back the flood. Wait aggression. a second. Was he talking about our show? Because you're clearly the super ego. And if I'm it's it. just our show, then yeah, that, that would be obvious. But if it's like culture overall, yeah. Well, he said this analogy, so actually I'm thinking he's talking about the show. Must be. We must have overthought it. Overthought it. Yeah. Um, and then Scott and Phoenix again. Never get a chance to watch live, including tonight. I'll catch the rest later this week. Have a good show. Thanks for the show. Thank, Thank you, you, Scott. Appreciate it. Oh, that is a good analogy. Hmm. Exhaustively thoughtful and then painfully impulsive. Yin and yang. Well, let's circle back. Okay. Let me catch up on Tippy Stream and then we'll get back to the news. Over on Tippy Stream, press F for France. Uh, their boomers have yet again chosen the suicide uh, to suicide their nation via the ballot box. The French, like all Western nations, will have to fight for survival in the future and not with the ballot box. Uh, how do you say day of the pillow <laughs> yeah. in French? Uh, I did see that, that Macron, last I looked, Macron, the projected winner of the French, I, shows how much knowledge I have about French politics and election uh, elections. French presidential election. Is that mm-hmm. the proper term? Mm-hmm. Macron will be leading France, though, uh, once again. And Marine Le Pen uh, has not won. Although I did see reports that Marine Le Pen won a larger share of votes than the last time around or some sign of encouragement in the loss, I suppose, if you want to look for that. Rot row. Yeah. Phil also says, I'm glad to see DeSantis and the Florida GOP take on the devil mouse over at Disney. It's certainly risky, but sometimes things have to be done because they are right, not because they are easy. Uh, make multinationals pay their fair share. I, you know, I don't I don't disagree, but it's so funny to see that that being uh, not just opposed, but rabidly opposed by Democrats in that because mm-hmm. that's all I hear from generally from left wing politicians. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a wrong point that they're making. Right. But it's just funny. What what the hell happened here? Child indoctrination is more important than making multinational corporations pay their quote unquote fair share. We, yep. Order of priorities revealed, at least. <laughs> Incompetent Hand says, I watched the NFC Championship in 2011 while my gay fashion designer brother was with a half naked model in the next room. Despite, despite blonde sophomoric sports jokes about tight ends and wide receivers, the Giants won that game on a muffed punt. I, for, I forgot about that term. Uh, so, yeah, I suppose there are. Although, does muffed, gay? does muffed punt count as gay? Isn't that? No. Uh, that's just kind of sexual in general. Yeah. 
We've been talking a lot about pubic hair tonight. <laughs> That's weird. It's uh, odd themes will emerge, but uh, we're all set for now. We will come back to your chats later in the show. And thank you guys. Appreciate it very um, much. I'll have to just circle back with you. But let's get back into the news. Um, as I mentioned, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is now amid a scandal that will make him hated by just about everybody. At least for now. We'll see how long this sustains. But that is a very impressive feat. Uh, Democrats will hate him for the January 6th implications. Republicans will hate him for backstabbing Trump. And everybody else will probably hate him just for what looks like a pretty blatant lie and then a refusal to, to own up to it, at least so far. So on Thursday, the New York Times reported that both Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell told colleagues that they believed Trump was responsible for inciting the January 6th riot and vowed to drive Trump from politics. Regarding McCarthy, the Times said that uh, McCarthy had had told uh, fellow lawmakers that he'd had it with Trump and it was going to be uh, his recommendation that Trump should resign. And this is the, these claims are made with reference to a new book. Uh, and the Times said this happened on January 10th when McCarthy was speaking to congressional leadership. Democrats at the time were working on an impeachment resolution, which, of course, came to fruition later. And McCarthy predicted correctly that they would have the votes to pass it. And the Times said that McCarthy would tell Trump of the impeachment revolution uh, resolution. Rather, I think it will pass and it would be my recommendation that you should resign. And so in response to this story, McCarthy and his spokesperson denied it outright. Um. A spokesman told the New York Times, quote, McCarthy never said that he'd call Trump to say that he should resign. And McCarthy also tweeted a statement in which he said the Times was reporting totally false and wrong information. Until Thursday night, Rachel Maddow published an audio recording of McCarthy saying exactly that. The audio is just as described January 10th phone call with congressional leadership, McCarthy says it will, it would be his recommendation that Trump should resign. Is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. The only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should be done. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. Okay. Mm. I don't see how that is anything but what the New York Times described. Right, yeah. Well, so, if, if you ever spoken those words. Yeah, and this is it's going to get interesting because later on we have questions of who do you trust, and the New York Times no might be the more trustworthy party in the yeah. consideration. But in response to that audio recording, again, that came out through Rachel Maddow's show on Thursday night. We don't know who gave it to Rachel Maddow, but we know that the recording is out there. McCarthy is still denying the story, just on more technical grounds. On Friday, McCarthy said to reporters, quote, it was told that I was asking the president to resign. That never took place, nor did it happen. On a phone call right after January 6th, I was asked by Liz Cheney about the 25th Amendment and to explain what else would happen. I was walking through different scenarios. That's all that happened. I think the phone call was overblown. So hmm. I guess, according to his explanation, we're supposed to believe that it was his recommendation that Trump resign, but this was a private recommendation never to be communicated. Even Good. though... I mean. 
No, no. He should be just lying to people's faces. He's the only one that has learned from the left. He's yeah. trying, but it's not working. <laughs> he's losing his own people is the problem. Mm. Oh, that Unless, didn't occur to me. He's losing. Well, I mean, this, the, the problem. Well, he's losing his own people for lying. But because of Trump loyalty in the party, he's losing them for that reason, too, because it's mm. a lie at the expense of Trump. So he, he says, well, I was never going to call Trump and say that. And I never did. The recording of McCarthy says, quote, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. The only discussion <laughs> I would have, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this impeachment resolution will pass. And it would be my recommendation that you, meaning Trump, should resign. I mean, it doesn't get much more explicit than that. So the denial is bizarre. The report, this is what worries me, too. Um, the report in question, the New York Times report that was published on Thursday, also says that uh, McCarthy wanted other members, uh, other Republican lawmakers to get social media bans, like what happened to Trump. The report reads, during the same January 10th conversation, when he said he would call on Mr. Trump to resign, Mr. McCarthy told other GOP leaders he wished the big tech companies would strip some Republican lawmakers of their social media accounts, as Twitter and Facebook have done with Mr. Trump. Quote, we can't put up with that, <clears throat> Mr. McCarthy said, adding, can't they take their Twitter accounts away, too? Oh. And this is what I was referencing. Who am I going to trust? Because, of course, I haven't seen a recording on this, at least not that I'm aware do I trust the lion New York times that's been somewhat vindicated in this? Not somewhat. They've been vindicated in this particular story. Or do I trust lion Kevin McCarthy? Who do you believe? No, you trust no one. Hmm. It's possible. They're both lying. You trust no one in media and no one in politics. No one can be trusted. By the way, that claim was also denied by McCarthy's spokesperson. He says he didn't call for anyone to be banned on Twitter. Here's another interesting wrinkle. Uh, as I mentioned, we don't know where the audio leak came from. Right. Plausible suspicion would be Liz Cheney. Oh, of course, yeah. she was on the call. She's on the January 6th commission. She's crazy about all of this. But a Cheney spokesman said Friday that Cheney neither recorded nor leaked the recording and does not know how reporters obtain it. obtained it. Not that I'm convinced by a simple statement from a Cheney. So mm. I, I would still consider it very plausible to believe that she or someone on her staff did this. But imagine a situation in which she is lying about leaking a recording that busts McCarthy for lying. For lying, right. This is deep lieception, but I think it's actually the most plausible explanation of yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah. Why would she admit it? Like, why on earth? And of course, the, the biggest implication here, the biggest consequence of the story is really not about Trump or about January 6th, at least Trump directly. It's about Kevin McCarthy's presumed bid for speaker. Mm -hmm. If Republicans win the House majority as predicted... Will McCarthy be able to secure the votes for speakership? Now, that's a long way off. That's assuming Republicans win and the election is not fortified against them. The, the decision on House leadership would still be, you know, end of year into next year. Uh, and, and by that time, maybe this story just dies out. But this is major snake behavior. If I held a vote on such a thing, there is no way I could vote for this guy. That is just too untrustworthy. That is a major, major breach as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, although uh, I'm not really sure why anybody's still engaged in, in politics and legitimate voting means and all this. Well, maybe Kevin McCarthy is your guy. Just <laughs> just lie until you can lie no more and destroy the system on your way out. That's not why he's doing it, though. Yeah. Like, if he really wanted to destroy things from within, I'd be like, all right, 
No, he's but doing he's it. He's just a coward that's trying to cover, you know, CYA. It is the worst kind of coward, too, because he it was cowardice. Where were the principles betrayed? Because clearly you went from saying unequivocally, I I think Trump is at fault for January 6th and he needs to go to flipping on that. Not in a matter of a year, but within like a week. Right. He had right. Trump's back and had had turned totally on this, but was saying these sorts of things behind closed doors. That's not a yeah. guy of principle or even a guy who's looking at the evidence because there are a lot of people who thought January 6th, they had kind of a reaction to it that maybe was a little harsher than it should have be should have been once a lot of the evidence came out. But that's the point is you, you can be swayed by evidence. That's not what happened here. Mm-hmm. He didn't see evidence over time and realize, oh, maybe there are more complications to this than I realized. And it's just such a preposterous position. Yeah. Who actually believes that Donald Trump uh, is responsible for this supposed insurrection that was just nothing at all? Who, I know who who's really actually believes that? I know who's really responsible. Who? Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's the yeah. one who did it all. Uh, yeah, she is. So she had this insane show trial in Georgia related to an accusation that she participated in January 6th and is therefore constitutionally prohibited from holding office or running for reelection. I didn't understand. We'll get to the scenes, but I didn't understand the context of this at first. What exactly is going on? In this courtroom. Okay, so these uh, lawyers for uh, with free speech for people is what they're called. That's ironic. Free speech, not Marjorie Taylor Greene, though. They're leaning on this constitutional provision that forbids any member of Congress involved in an insurrection from serving in office. But it's totally untested and was exclusively applicable to the Civil War, to Confederates in the Civil War. The 14th Amendment. Yeah, we're talking about the 14th Amendment, yeah. Yeah, and they have um I don't think they've ever tried this in any meaningful way. This is untested territory. Well, and I I guess it doesn't say in the 14th Amendment convicted of. But how do we say right. that someone is an insurrectionist without convicting them of any crime requisite of that charge? Involved in an insurrection. Involved in. That's the language of the 14th Amendment. I have to look it up. I'm yeah. actually not not sure. Um But this is it's a real shot in the dark. However, a federal judge um, in Georgia on Monday refused to grant this preliminary injunction and temporary restraining order filed by Green that would have delayed the action in this case. So this trial was allowed to come to light and it was ridiculous. (laughs) It was so ridiculous. I couldn't even believe what I was watching. So she was in front of an administrative law judge because a handful of voters in her district um, want her to be disqualified um, from running because they allege that she encouraged and supported the rioters, but she would have had to be like directly involved, I think, for it to matter. And what came out was was just simply absurd. There was the 1776 prosecution. I'm sure a lot of you <coughs> have um have seen these clips, but you know we hear Alex Jones say say 1776 and things like that. But but is it really a term for insurrection and taking up arms colloquially? I don't think so. Yeah. As Green, I think, effectively <laughs> noted in her own defense, 1776 uh, is a is a reference made in a lot of different contexts. But some highlights from this uh, this particular I guess I don't even know if trial is the right word, but I'm just using that ge- it is, generally. It's, it's the right word. It's not necessarily a criminal proceeding, but we'll, we'll call it a trial anyway. So a lot of this trial focused on Marjorie Taylor Greene's January 5th commentary on Newsmax the day before saying that the next day would be a, quote, 1776 moment. And the prosecutor tried to build again. I don't know if prosecutors the right term, but guy going after her on behalf of this free speech group 
tried to build the case that 1776 is itself a call to violence. And he insisted on the premise, uh, insisted on that as the premise for a whole bunch of his questions, which created a few ridiculous and hilarious moments. We'll show a couple here. Number one, Marjorie Taylor Greene points out that 1776 is right there on the state seal in the courtroom. Apparently that's a violent extremist reference too. And number two, the prosecutor accuses her of stealing a line from the movie Independence Day. So Kyle Rittenhouse plays too much Call of Duty. Marjorie Taylor Greene watches too many Will Smith movies. That's your statement on January 5th, 2021. The term 1776 is actually a term that's sometimes used in politics today. I don't know if you've noticed our state seal here in Georgia. I know you're not from Georgia, but as you can see, we we enjoy our history and, and we're proud of our freedoms. 1776 is on our state seal. Great. And it's also a term that's used in political discourse in America today. I don't use it as a term of violence. You've seen the movie Independence Day, right? I've seen it before. It's a great movie, right? <laughs> and there's a scene in that movie where the president, the guy who's playing the president of the United States, addresses the fighter pilots who are about to go into battle against the aliens. Remember that scene? I do not remember now, but I'm sure you're going to show us. Yeah. Fourth of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. The phrase that the actor uses there is, we will not go quietly into the night. You heard that. Heard it just now, yes. And that's the exact phrase that you use in the video that we saw that was previous exhibit. I don't view courtrooms and politics as Hollywood like you do. That is not the first person I'm sure that said that and won't be the last. And I don't recall getting any inspiration from this Hollywood movie like you're suggesting. That's so absurd. I don't even understand the point. It's supposed to be, I guess, that because this phrase was uttered in the context of fictionally defending ourselves from aliens, the aliens were the aggressors in that movie and they were justified in defending themselves. That's the whole point. Wouldn't that wouldn't that mean Marjorie was justified if it was actually analogous? Uh, It's also a common phrase. uh, Yeah, I don't I don't know the origin, but it doesn't strike me as that unique do not go gently into the night rage against the dying of the light Mm. it's a very famous poem okay but if you wanted Uh any demonstration that these people hate our founding and view belief in its premises as extremists there it is she's on trial for loyalty to the country's founding they're trying to say that any positive reference to 1776 the birth of this country is itself criminally suspicious I know, I know. These people right. hate this country. There is no other conclusion to draw from that. Have they forgotten the, the history of the Revolutionary War? I mean, they just seem so distant from bloody battles that have been fought um, historically. <sighs> it's like, what do you think that every country, every empire is built upon? Yeah, kindness. We just uh, asked nicely for everything we have, and it worked out great. Did you read about the burden of proof? Uh, this is, this uh, is yeah. so crazy to me. I saw that in your notes. So it's not actually beyond reasonable doubt because it's not a criminal proceeding. It's more likely than not. Yeah, preponderance yes. of the evidence. Yes, um, that she actively aided the insurrectionists. I do not like this standard. What well, does guess, that even mean? And <clears throat> there's two questions there. Did she actively aid and was it in fact an insurrection? That's not really established <laughs> right. either. 
yeah, I reject the premise that this was an insurrection anyway, which questions the legitimacy of this entire thing. An insurrection as defined, not just by our own personal definitions of it, but as defined by the 14th Amendment, which as far as I understand, is an open legal question. I don't think we have a lot of case law to give right. definition to that unless yeah. I'm missing something. Um, so we won't know. Post-trial briefs are due next Thursday, and then the judge is expected to issue his recommendation in the next few weeks. So yeah, the process, all we have right now is the laws. And the process, it's a little bit obscure because I'm not, I don't even, this was new to me. I didn't even know this was a, a thing. But just to clarify on the process, um, so it, it's all this, it's a constitutional challenge, as we, as we mentioned, pursuant to the 14th Amendment, but under Georgia law. So it's a challenge to her eligibility under the 14th Amendment. Mm-hmm. Under Georgia law, any challenges to candidate eligibility are handled by the Secretary of State who first refers the matter to an administrative court to hold a hearing. And this was that hearing. So the judge, I guess, is going to make a a recommendation that goes to Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who you may remember from such fortifications as the 2020 presidential election. And he gets the call. As far as I understand, the unilateral call on Marjorie Taylor Greene's eligibility. We'll Well, see how that goes. I don't see a definitive date for when to expect that decision. And no matter when that decision is, though, it can be appealed. And it if either side wins, it's likely that it would be appealed. So I get, I'm guessing but this is going to go But a decision has on. to be made by May 24th, right? I assume, or by the fall. Like, these appeals would have to be concluded by the fall, or else right. how does she run? And again, mm. just the principles at issue here. You don't have to love Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, people think she says kooky things, and sometimes she does. That's okay, though. It's a question of who should decide. Do we want to let the voters of that district in Georgia decide, even if we think she's a little kooky, because that's power in power to the people to choose their representation is the principle that matters most. Or do we want to say, well, I don't like her. So I want Brad Raffensperger to kick her out despite the wishes of the district that elected her. You want to keep consolidating power among the elites and removing Mm -hmm. it from the people. You're going to get a lot more 1776 references you might not like hearing about if you keep going down that road. And mm. again, if we can't agree on where there's question about Marjorie Taylor Greene's kooky personality, where there's question about her involvement in January 6th, isn't the best mechanism to address those questions. The people of her district in Georgia, when in doubt, defer to them, not elites in the yeah. Georgia capital or wherever else. But they got her into this jam in the first place. You but know. some some rogue constituents, it sounds like. Well, yeah, it's like five people who don't like her, <laughs> you know, yeah. they get to decide or should we just put it to a vote? I do appreciate uh, that she was so polite. She's got such a tiny voice, too. She has maybe the most significant Southern drawl in the house. It's uh, and she doesn't sound stupid. Most people's Southern draws. <laughs> I, I like a good Southern drawl personally. My favorite moment out of this whole uh, episode was Randy Quaid, who, of course, is the actor, the guy who. The actor who played the guy who sacrificed himself to blow up the alien ship in the movie Independence Day, he tweeted, wow, Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene is being asked in a courtroom to disown the liking of the Constitution and the Civil War. And bizarrely, my film Independence Day, specifically a scene where I volunteer my services as a pilot to take down the aliens, which hunt all caps. (laughs) Hilarious. What a what a bizarre episode. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. In the interest of time, I'm fascinated by this story, but in the interest of time, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about these, uh, food plants burning down because, um, 
as you mentioned, it's not necessarily uh, the big question is how frequently do these disastrous food plant accidents happen? And uh, they are on the rise. I right, guess. right. You guys should check out this video that really graceful did. It was excellent. But when I was reading about the the food plants this week, I was thinking like, is this just our selection bias? Is this happening a lot every year because there's just so much equipment that could catch fire? Um, but no, <laughs> this is a really weird year. And we're talking um, not about the last 12 months. It's like the last nine months that all of these are contained in. Huh. So um, on Thursday, the most recent, a small plane killed two people as it crashed near a General Mills plant in Georgia. And the plane reportedly exploded on impact, came close to demolishing the cereal manufacturer's facility. And so this makes 18 U.S. food processing facilities burned down in the last six to nine months. Um, Azure Standards HQ burned down on April 19th, and they are a company that specializes in natural non-GMO food. And then two fertilizer plants, which I thought was interesting as well. So really graceful looked into it, um, into how many uh, of these similar incidents had happened in the preceding year, even though this was over six to nine months, and she found two. And it's so, 18 to 20 over the last six months. Very, unless there were unpublished destructions of food processing plants. And again, just keep in mind, this comes at a time where we've had to destroy or are destroying millions of chickens because of a the flu outbreak. Flu. Other things like that where, um, you know, surely this is Putin's, uh, Putin's meddling at work at a time when our food supply and other supply shortages are in a critical state. Why are so many... Maybe they're just working overtime. Maybe they're working very hard to satisfy supply chain demands. And thus, planes are crashing into the facility. You know, it's another thing. It's yeah. like if it's mechanics, like you talk about, that catch fire because maybe you have new staff who aren't handling the, the machines properly. Or maybe you're working them so hard that heat builds up and actually starts on plane crashes and other things. Right. Why? Yeah. That's very bizarre. And then the FBI warned about food processing cyber attacks. So their cyber division published this this weird notice this last week. And it says, ransomware actors may be more likely to attack agricultural cooperatives during critical planting and harvest season, disrupting operations, causing financial loss, and negatively impacting the food supply chain. They also said a significant disruption of grain production could impact the entire food chain since grain is not only consumed by humans, but also used in animal feed. In addition, a significant disruption of grain and corn production could impact commodities, tradings, and stocks. Um, There's no doubt that this is bizarre and troubling, but I wonder if by disrupting the food supply, they'd really overplay their hands. Because when people uh, feel like their families are going to starve to death, that's when they get real organized. That's when they get real murdery. Yeah. Right. So so why would they why would they do this? I don't know. Maybe they're trying to maybe they're trying to bait the attack so they can claim defense. Hey, maybe that's that is a good theory. But I have a hard time believing that they're trying to starve us out because um we'll just we'll just murder all of them. It's uh whatever's going on, I have a hard time uh, buying as just ordinary. Oh, a lot of accidents, a lot of uh, unfortunate events. Yeah. Just weirdness. Yeah. Okay. Really weird. But check out that really graceful video, you guys. It's good. Her channel is excellent. Have you watched it before? I'm not familiar, no. Uh, really good, high-level conspiracy stuff. Hmm. I really like it. In other words, truthful reporting. That's what exactly, conspiracy... Exactly, yeah, yeah. Truthful reporting. Yeah. Conspiracy stuff. Yeah. 
Okay, well, it always breaks my heart not to play the customary hoax hate intro, but it's these aren't hoaxes, and I didn't have a hoax that inspired me or, you know, uh, that I had significant interest in this week. So, controversially, <clears throat> I will commit the uh, the rare act of not playing the intro. Instead, I have a couple cases of real hate that I think are of interest and under-discussed. So, in Boston... Those meddling youths are at it again. Youths of uh, diverse backgrounds. This time, it's a group of over 10 girls, as this story says. But really, these are young adults, mostly late teens. I did see that some were as young as 12, though. So for some in this mob, the term girl might apply um, more reasonably. But a black 12 year old is like a white 18 year old. (laughs) In 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 what way? What do you mean? Like strength or something? S- strength, sexual maturity. Yeah. The whole. Okay. All right. All physiology. Yeah. Yeah. Got I, I went to school with a lot of young black girls. Let me tell you, they were talking about some advanced stuff when we were 12. She has evaluated this scientifically. I have. She has have. compiled the data. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the uh, uh, one of the victims. So they attacked. They attacked two. This mob of youths attacked two two women in a downtown <laughs> intersection on Monday in Boston. One of the That's victims so says it's not long until youths is a racial slur. It's uh, yeah, right on yeah. the cusp. Utes. One of the victims says the group called her a white bitch with braids before attacking her. Responding officers say the woman, someone called 911 officers came to the scene. Responding officers say the woman was in distress and highly animated when they arrived and she had a large bump on her eye. According to witnesses, as many tw- as many as 20 teens swarmed the victim uh, and chased her as she was riding a bike. And then they started beating her when she was on the ground. They got her on the ground and they were holding her down and beating her up. Did they a- steal her bike? I don't know the fate of the bike. That I did not read. A witness provided cell phone video of the attack, which shows several teens kicking and punching this woman. Here is some of that footage. New tonight, a violent attack caught on camera. This video from a store owner in downtown Crossing. Five teenagers have been charged with assaulting the woman in the video for wearing her hair in braids. Investigators say they're looking into the incident as a possible violation of civil rights. Officers say while making arrests, one teen kicked a cruiser door and another allegedly punched an officer in the face. (laughs) It's more detailed than that even. So they they called this girl they attacked this 19 year old young woman they called her a white bitch but apparently she's not at least strictly speaking the woman they attacked is hispanic and she's 19 and as this is black on latin crime i just immediately stopped caring (laughs) well uh as the report notes the uh the gang of youths committed additional assaults on police when confronted but it's a lot more than they just mentioned one male suspect spit on an officer and began to violently kick the doors of his police car. Another female suspect tried to free two of the attackers from the police car and assaulted the intervening officer by punching him in the face while shouting what you want to do, what you want to do, which is known youth vernacular. Another officer was kicked in the shin and another had hair ripped out of a bun by one of the suspects. That implies that it's a female officer, but the story said their bun ripped out so is it a, a tranny or oh my gosh this is female so cop? many stereotypes someone with a bun got the bun ripped out by a youth attacker 
Did they throw flaming hot Cheeto dust at their eyes too? Like what else? What other? What <laughs> they other borrowed Hillary Clinton's that? hot sauce for her yeah, purse. Just... Yeah. Police say <laughs> they had racially motivated insults yelled at them as well. A witness also says that the other two witnesses, uh, or there were two other witnesses who tried to intervene. They were also attacked by the mob. The case has been referred to the Boston Police Department's Civil Rights Unit to investigate the racial motives. As of Tuesday, five teen girls are facing assault charges. Additional charges for those girls and for others are possible. Oh, my God. I can't, must say racist stuff, can't stop myself. (laughs) I guess I better carry on then. You know, often in the uh, in the U.S., at least people flying Ukrainian flags are the very same people who would otherwise fly rainbow flags. In fact, I'm sure in certain neighborhoods, you could probably find both of those flags on the same flagpole where no American flag has ever been flown. I don't know about Ukrainian attitudes overall. I'm not trying to say that these people are representative of Ukrainians, but in at least one case in Florida, Those two causes don't necessarily correspond. They conflict, actually. In Fort uh, Lauderdale, members of a Ukrainian refugee family appeared in court on Wednesday facing hate crime and attempted murder charges for an alleged family ambush on a gay man. Based. Ola, otherwise known as Alex Makarenko, is a young male member of this Ukrainian refugee family, and he's engaged to a 21-year-old woman, Christina Herman. But when it was revealed that Olo has been in a months long homosexual relationship, the family went over to his gay lover's house and beat him so badly that the victim has been blinded. Allegedly. Well, authorities believe the family was forcing Ola to marry this woman. Here is a video report on the story. Cops say Ola Makarenko was in a nine-month homosexual relationship, which would end with his alleged lover being beaten so badly Mm. by Ola's family that the victim would lose his eyesight. Cops allege that his mom was going to force him to marry a woman. We spoke with his fiancée last week. I know he wasn't. And your proof of that is... My ring. Cops say Ola's family became enraged when they found out he was in a gay relationship. Cops say the family barged into the victim's home and, quote, all four of the suspects continue holding him and began punching, kicking, and hitting him all over his face and body. The victim told Ola's mother, unfortunately, your son is gay. His family <laughs> faces attempted first-degree murder charges and a hate crime. All of them face possible life sentences. I don't know. I think that this is the best possible outcome that that homosexual <laughs> man is blind. So we can't see how ugly his gay lover is. Wow. All right. I mean, I, I like Ukraine again. What can I say? This is the appropriate reaction when you find out that your betrothed son is putting his dick in another guy's ass. Uh, it's the it's the infidelity to the fiance angle. No, no, it's the homosexual. Oh, oh, I just wanted to clarify. Uh, I, I would say it was a little disproportionate. I'm going to go on record and say. Come on. Disproportionate. Although the infidelity to the fiance is not cool either. But um, the, the timeline here is a little bit confusing because when I saw Ukrainian refugee, I thought, oh, they're here recently. The attack- are they refugees to Ukraine or are they No, here? they're in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. But the attack allegedly happened on August 6th, unless this is mistaken. And it means to say April 6th, which is also a Mm. possibility. Um, It says on 
August 6th, three members of the Makarenko family barged in the victim victim's home, according to police. Maybe the reporting is just mistaken. I don't know. Because I was I confused. Mean, life? And if, oh. and if they barged into his home on August 6th, even if this happened April 6th, he's been having a gay relationship for nine months. Why have they been here so long? It's obviously not related to Putin's invasion because that predates the start of this gay relationship, no matter because their their Ukrainian village like found this guy having sex with a pig or something, and they ran them out with pitchforks. It might be something like that. There might have been persecution related to prior behavior. Mm. I don't know, but uh, you know, be Life careful. Life is overkill here. That that's crazy. This this kid didn't die. They well, probably he, didn't want to kill him. But they're getting him on attempted murder. And if if it's true that they permanently blinded blinded him, that's a that's a very serious crime. But all of them, like, like the mom, how much did she really do? You know, take like a 10 year sentence and divide it by four. And all right. okay, two (laughs) years for each people, for each person in the family. That's what, eight years. Well, then I will say, even if um, we have some disagreements about the uh, the actions taken and the sentence deserved here, if you're progressive again, um, you know, just. Be careful what you wish for, I suppose. Remember, there were all sorts of <clears throat> stunning and brave trans people in Ukraine who were forced to stay and fight because they're biologically men. They weren't allowed to leave with the women. So I'm just not sure. I, I don't know. Ukrainians can email me and tell me. I'm not sure how how friendly, uh, how well greeted is the rainbow flag in Ukraine? I don't know. Seriously speaking, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, well, Zelensky is a major faggot, so probably he's not I mean, actually gay. That tranny video is legit. Which, uh, oh, is he alleged to be trans? No, he's just you know in high heels and and stuff. Did he actually do that? He dressed you up. You guys, or I'm mostly joking. Come on. <laughs> I can't believe she wants to <laughs> couch out the eyes of gay. Stop people. being gross. Yeah. Like, okay, I know, but like, if we could push back a little bit against this globo homo stuff and i like the angle that it's a that it's a ukrainian refugee family that's great it might have been over the top but it's you know it's the right direction we're going in the right direction like pull it back a little bit like just like cnn plus it's the right direction whatever happened to like in the kneecap just one person in the family baseball bat kneecap that's it you don't have to Um, blind the guy i mean as long as it's on the principle of the infidelity not attacking people for not victimizing others. You don't think oh. that. Okay. If, if I found out that my husband was cheating on me with like a hot 20 year old devastated, I find out that he's yeah, he cheating gets a on baseball me with bat a, to the knee. Yeah. A hot 20 year old woman. Yeah, yeah. If I find out he's cheating on me with a hot 20 year old man, suicidal. Like I, two I, baseball I, bats to both knees. Oh no, that is, that is, <laughs> that is Lorena Bobbitt territory. It's, <laughs> it's clearly worse infidelity, right? Well, um, Insofar as it exposes, I suppose, an additional untruth to you, that it's not just that you were unfaithful, but you were also untruthful about your own orientation, I suppose. It's not that. It's that it's embarrassing. I see. I mean, I you see, see that it. chick. She's like, my ring, my ring says that he did not put his dick in some of that. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And she was pretty hot, too. She'll yeah. do well out here. Well, she's going to have another chance, I guess, because I'm, I'm going to speculate this is not going to work out. Hmm. Anyway, that's enough trouble for us. Let's talk about the movie. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. 
This week's movie is the 2000 Coen Brothers film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, in which a trio of prison escapees led by one charismatic man who dupes the other two with promises of treasure and riches flees across Great Depression, Mississippi to reunite with the man's wife, all to become an unlikely smash hit boy band in the end. From movie picker Amanda, this movie is a great retelling of The Odyssey. Set in the Depression era of 1937 in rural Mississippi, it has great music and absolutely fantastic cast. Sorry, Blonde. No Mel Gibson, though. And is as well done as it is enjoyable. Everyone I've ever met who has seen it has loved it. I'm no exception here. As always, your thoughts and your rating. Ugh, people are going to hate me like way more than they already hmm. do. Hmm. Okay, so I should start off by saying I I like the Coen Brothers. Some some of my favorite films are Coen Brothers films. Hmm. Um, and Allison Krauss and Union Station featuring Jerry Douglas, all time favorite band. They did the soundtrack to this. At least Jerry Douglas did. I'm a man of constant sorrow. I'm pretty sure Down to the River to Pray was also Allison Krauss. So you know, Chef's Kiss. It's, I, I I like that. Um, however, oh, I also love John Turturro. He's great. I love him in Quiz Show. And which character was that? Or which, uh, what did he's he do? The, I don't know the, the name. ugly bastard. Well, there's t- like, like multiple of those. <laughs> but but with uh, the, the the schnoz and the messed up teeth. Uh, what was his name in it? Uh, Is it Pete or Delmar? Turned into a One toad, of the two. Pete. Yeah. Pete, yeah. <clears throat> okay, outside of that, I'm probably in the minority. Um, thinking that this movie was a disaster. Wow. Total disaster. Okay. And I watched it again because I had only seen it once a few years ago. I didn't like it a few years ago. And then I watched it again. I was like, wow, this is even worse than I remember. Um, speaking of homosexuals, yeah, George Clooney. Um, <laughs> so it was totally plot driven, like totally plot driven. I didn't know or care very much about the characters. And then I always find this a problem in films. And it seemed like these vignettes weren't helping to develop the characters at all. And I know it was highly stylized and there were things about it that I liked and it it just didn't move the plot forward or move the characters forward in any way, develop them. And <clears throat> I don't know, I just felt like it was circular and pointless and this on the run thing. It was, it was just, I just found it so annoying. Um, There's some good one-liners and, and funny moments, but generally I just, again, found it lacking interest and substance. I don't hate wow. this movie. I don't hate it. Um, but I just don't understand the hype when there are so many other excellent Coen Brothers films. Like, like, why did we not watch A Serious Man? That movie is like, a, that's like a world-class movie. Um, I don't know. Two out of five. Sorry, two. guys. I know. I know. Ugh. I well, bet. We I have- bet you didn't like it either. You're wrong, actually. I I did really? like it. Um, huh. I might have been forced to like it by my wife holding me at gunpoint because it's one of her favorite movies. No, I oh, I, no. I went into it not allowing that to sway me, and okay. um, and I wasn't sold on it completely at the start. I thought maybe this was going the wrong direction, but as especially the back half of the movie, it got me back on board. Uh, and the things I appreciate it, I think that it is very well written, not just as a matter of specific line scripting, but as a matter of themes. There are great lines here and there. I love the line. It's a fool that looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart. Great line. Um, 
I love the exchange when they're trying to match the one political candidate's use of a midget <laughs> by bringing yeah. in their own midget. It's like, we yeah. can't do that. They'll see right through it. Doesn't matter how stumpy. <laughs> Don't matter how stumpy is a great line. Uh, and plenty of respectable people have been hit by trains. I love that. The the explanation yeah. from, from the wife about how she explained to others how Everett disappeared. Holly? Oh, Holly Hunter? No. I don't know. I don't know who the wife actress was, but... Um, it but was Holly as, Hunter, yeah. Some of the broad themes of the scripting I really like, too. There's this great exchange in the movie theater where Everett is explaining to Delmar. It's a long quote, but the summary is, never trust a woman. That is... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Women are torture devices. Triumph of the subjective rules them. Believe me, Delmar, woman is the most fiendish instrument ever devised to bedevil the days of man. Don't trust women and your time with me will not have been ill spent. And that it's a fascinating contradiction with that because but somehow all of it is true. Also, average Everett's point about women and subjectivity, I think, is all but undeniable. Yeah. And yet Everett is not following his own <laughs> advice. The whole premise is returning to his wife based on trust that she will take him back. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, she doesn't even do that until he's shown to have newfound fame and riches in which she comes back to him, not on any principle of the sanctity of marriage, loyalty to her husband, but just because her husband suddenly has much more to offer. Yeah. And it was just an, a more artful way of expressing the, the classic phrase, women, you can't live with them, you can't live without them. It was contradictory premises that are simultaneously true. And um, if ever there was a context in which that was possible, it would be women. And I just really appreciated. I, I liked that storyline. I thought it was full of contradictions that still made sense, which was really interesting. A lot of writing on the themes of um, the origin of the law and morality when they get busted by the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. And they're saying, well, no, no, we've been pardoned. He says, the law is a human institution. He tries to go through with it before the flood comes in. And it was just, it was a great uh, demonstration that the law and morality might overlap. They're not the same thing, though. And that, um, you know, we can act within the law and be profoundly immoral. Or in this context, at least from the sheriff's perspective, it's why we can act outside of the law. And that can be a moral necessity. So interesting commentary there on the difference between morality and the law. And I, I love the, uh, just the contemptible nature of politicians. They both are, are terrible. You got one guy who's like a lynch mob leader in disguise. Right. Although I, the, the, the whole KKK scene was funny and I appreciated that. But as a guy, he seems like not a great guy. You got Papio Daniel, the, uh, the incumbent who seizes on the success of the soggy bottom boys to pardon them. Not on any principle, or matter of law, but just because he stands to gain politically because they're yeah. popular in the moment. And it's just interesting. And the, the, these two politicians, you're supposed to pick a side. They're both garbage. They both well, are looking is, for personal it? advancement at your expense. That's it. Uh, they did some edgy, as I mentioned, like they, they did the midget jokes. They did the KKK rally. There were some edgy topics that were done in a fun and funny way that may not always be possible these days. I appreciated that. Uh, soundtrack was great. You touched on that. I love the scene with uh, the young hog wallop at uh, Pete's cousin's house because he came out with the M1 shooting them to get off his property. And here I thought that was a Clint Eastwood Gran Torino bit. Yeah. Maybe Clint Eastwood ripped them, ripped uh, this movie <laughs> off because it kind of similar. Um, the word, the things I didn't like, actually nothing specific, which was sort of weird. You ever have basically nothing but praise for a movie, but for some reason you just don't love it. I can't put it in my highest tier because I wasn't necessarily thrilled or cracking up or thinking super deeply 
but I still enjoyed it and it was still worthy of my time. This is a completely nitpicky thing to say, but the obscure title kind of gets me too. Mm. Like I have no idea what the hell this movie is based on the title. It was based on Homer's Odyssey. It's, it's a reference to, well, the story's based on that, but the title is a, is from a 1941 movie about a fictional that includes a fictional novel. The movie is Sullivan's travels. Oh, really? You know, this is like a, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. But in this case, I just had no idea what to expect. So I suggest the jailbreak journey to the surprise KKK hoedown as the name (laughs) of this movie. That's what I would prefer, but it probably would uh, do much more poorly if I were entrusted to name it. So it gets uh, four out of five wikis from me. It was well written. It was well performed. It was well everything. And I may not completely love it, but it's closer to love than hate. And I wrote in the review, I'd have a hard time imagining anybody despising O Brother. And yet here you are. No, I don't hate this movie. Um, I I just I don't really understand the cult like following around the Coen Brothers two most mediocre films, The Big Lebowski and um and this movie. Oh, brother, the early the early vote, uh, five and four wikis clear solid majority in the five and four. In fact, your two is down in the tiny minority of six and a half percent. But what what about a serious man and? No Country for Old Men, and there, there are many other movies that are way better than their, even Inside hate, Lou and Davis. You don't have to hate Fargo. those or hate this one to love those, though. Yes, but but the ones, Barton Fink, the ones that have um, risen to this this kind of like cult status are are amongst their most mediocre films. That's just uh, you got to blame movie picker Amanda. That's her. Amanda, fault you sure. bitch. She's done, though. She had her time in April and she's done. Thank you, Amanda. Well, Amanda, you did a good job. We watched some good films this month. Except for Rocky, but that wasn't your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Next week, we have, uh, well, in May, we have nominations from listener Michael. The audience selected from his nominations last week, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I know basically nothing about. I have not seen it. Have you? I just watched that. Yeah. Hmm. That seems to be common. It's like every movie that we pick you've seen recently. Lately. Um, when I'm trying to conceive, I watch a ton of movies. <laughs> Makes sense, I suppose. Um, okay. And then uh, the nominations after that, uh, the list includes Last of the Mohicans, The Outlaw, Josie Wales, uh, Midsommar, Richard Jewell, The Hunt, The Enforcer, Breaking Way. Of course, you can reject the list and select a randomly selected IMDb top rated movie instead uh, pretty even split on the early vote for the next movie. So if you are partial to any one of those, including none at all, get in there and vote. Uh, and as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That is Matt That'll do it. We'll catch up with chat. What are you getting? Uh, are you getting flack? Oh, Robert Johnson said blonde like Tremors better than this movie. Lol. Tremors is a hilarious American classic that is way better than Oh Brother Where Art Thou. <sighs> Take this movie out any day of the week. If you don't like Tremors, okay. you're as bad as Matt. Uh, this movie is vastly superior to Tremors. 
And I'll remind everyone, I gave Tremors a two until I was browbeaten into reducing that to a one. Out of sheer that spite. makes me want to, to I will cough <laughs> in your face. I will double flu you. It's too late. I'm already infected and I'm uh, on the other side now. I will go get coronavirus again and then I will spit on you. I'll I'm sure it. I've had it five times by now. Yeah, really. Um, you and all the rest of us. Fine. Over on uh, Tippy Stream real quick. Lindsey Graham says, hey, you two, what's a good alternative to locally finding a woman for marriage? Tinder is dumb. I'm in my own uh, belly of the beast, so to speak. So you're in a, a blue place, I take it. And the community personals is mostly a sausage fest. Thanks. And as always, don't be a cock. Embrace the white pill. I tried this week. I tried to give a list of uh, or feature a list of positives. I'm doing my best. And thank you. Um, big dump all over that. Why don't you marry that Ukrainian girl whose husband stepped out on her with a dude? That's true. Are you if you can find her, she is probably shopping for somebody else right now. Yeah. Um, how would you find someone outside of the local area? Well, Take a long shot on our personals that are on the community page of the website. It sounds ridiculous, and it is a long shot. However, there are marriages and relationships that exist through this audience, including my own, which happened way back when. So that's, you know, an option. I'm not saying you should count on that. But if I were to think outside of that, how to find people of similar values anywhere, let's say, in the United States who are willing to the idea of relocating or having you relocate. Um, the only, honestly, the only way I could see doing that realistically is to find a social group like that, uh, and, and network within it. It doesn't have to be our show's community, but other similar online social communities like this. That's really the only way I could think of Cause if you go yeah. into dating apps and you find some random person, across the country and you don't necessarily know that you have seriously compatible values and interests. What's the point? Like that's, that's really needle in a haystack type stuff. I don't know. It worked for me. Well, but he's saying across the country though, you, you were at least shopping locally. Yeah. But like, I I hate it when everybody's like, Oh, well I can't move. I can't leave my job. It's like, if you really are prioritizing finding a mate, it needs to be the most important thing to you. Yeah. I know people that have, I know a lot of people that have met through email in different countries and are married with kids now. You just have to be upfront about that at the start. You have to, you have to say, I'm looking for something serious. Are you open to somebody relocating to achieve this? You can't draw that out. Yeah, of course. And then, and then you can relocate like three of my best friends got married that way. Yeah. Well, good luck and Godspeed. If I was uh, back in the game, which uh, God willing, I never will be and I never intend to be. Uh, I would do the wide net approach, like just all of the above, man. Um, join every community that you can and what? In case your wife dies tragically. No, she's not. No, no. I'm not, do you want me to knock on wood? Like she's going to get, uh, she's going to fly a plane into a food processing facility or something like that. Dude, have you thought about that though? Like, <laughs> I don't even think I'd get remarried. Ooh. Um, I, I have not put serious thought to that because frankly, I just view it as, uh, one of those that bridge doesn't need crossing until it does Ugh, I have my wife and disaster. son and I'm perfectly happy and I'm not going to waste time on alternative scenarios. Oh, man. Bums me out every time I think about it. Hmm. Um, are you good? Yeah. Okay. I got the last Scott one, right? Okay. Chino says you guys should check out this movie called the Northman. It's a great revenge film without any of the woke BS. This woman that I am so into 
is in this. I think I made you look her up one time because she is impossibly wall-eyed. And is, I was like, I bet Skang, Skang, Skang. <laughs> I bet Skag will get a major boner for this chick. And you told me she's too wall-eyed. Yeah. What was her name? I think I remember, but let me it's, get another look. Anya Taylor Joy. Oh yeah. She's the girl from like uh Queen's Gambit and stuff. Yes. I'm so yeah. into her and she's in the Northman. Can't wait to see it. Um, I'm she gonna is have my bizarre parents watch looking. Uh, yeah. She's, she's, she's just chef's kiss, hot alien, totally into it. <laughs> And I do not like a wall-eyed woman. I don't. Isn't that movie or this this Northman thing, isn't that facing scrutiny because it has, uh, number one, basically an all-white cast, and number two, strong masculine themes. That's Very what I good. heard about it. So it's uh, racist, like it. misogynistic propaganda. Let me know, live chat, if you think this chick is hot. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm wrong. It's too much for you. It's a weird face, man. It's very distinct. I could see how people could be into it, but it's pretty weird to me. It's like borderline birth defect. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Robin D. Banks. A little birdie told me that McCarthy leak also revealed he had Nancy Pelosi's panties framed in his (laughs) off. And now they're soiled and smell like bar gasoline. Is that true? Asking for a friend. I... Why? Why do you make me read this stuff? Thank you. I could definitely believe that one if it's... uh, if it's reported by the New York Times. Yep. Yeah. Who we love now, I guess. Liberty Bell. After Matt's comment on Wednesday about golden retrievers being the choice dog for gays, when my golden hears... What? Did um, I say that? I There's no way I said that. His voice, she grumbles something about Matt's intelligence and that <laughs> the only birds uh, most can flush out are cocks. What? What the hell? The only birds, M.O.s, can flush out are cocks is what it says. Dude, I have no idea. I don't even recall saying that. I don't that. remember you saying this. Have I been confused for somebody else? I don't know. I don't remember you saying anything about the dog choice of gays, which is clearly Boston Terriers. <laughs> and I, I don't have any problem with Golden Retrievers. I, I feel like I've been mistaken here because I this would have been on the call-in stream, I assume. I don't remember any dog discussion mm-hmm. on the call-in stream. I need proof. Did I just... I don't remember. I, Having amnesia about my own commentary? I don't know. Okay, live chat is saying she's hot. Very hot. She's hot. Right. Weird looking, but hot. I'd tap it. Eight out of ten. Exotic, but still nice. Wood bang. Wood bang. All right. Okay. They have spoken. Fair okay. enough. Citizen Kubrick Macron again defeats Le Pen in French national election. Can France be saved? Is she won or lost anyway? Curious. We all think blonde. Is she an exception for the no women in politics? Honestly, um, Yes. When it's strong women versus open borders homosexual, I will go for the strong women. Wow! I guess. But times have screwed. changed. Yeah, I mean they're screwed. I don't. I don't really know. I mean, especially now. I don't think it could have been saved before. As soon as I saw Notre Dame burn down, I was like, "Well, jewel of the West." Did they ever find the definitive reason that happened? I'm sure it was gay muzzy terrorists. Electrical. I think it was yeah. something. Yeah. Um, Robin D. Banks. Not sure why they're trying to make COVID a thing again. They already admitted the mass and vaxes are BS in human testing and said Joe beat the Rona to cancel lockdowns and stuff. Why bring it back? Because this is about psychological control, Robin. This has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, people are going to look back and see that they, we destroyed the economy. We made children weird and antisocial. Um and that we um, hastened a, an economic collapse because of a virus with a 99.8% survival rate. And they're going to be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. 
uh, all because we were told to by supposed important people. And that's as we get on the other side of this, hopefully, and it fades its way out. That's the question to ask. What is the line? Where? What would you what is your line at which you would stop complying with orders with which you have a an objection to in your conscience and your own moral framework. And every time I talk about this, I, I want to clarify too. I include myself in that. I don't want to come off as like uh, lecturing other people. Oh, how dare you? You complied, you bunch of idiots. I complied too. And I want to sort this out in my own head because I never want to be in this position again, where these people dupe us into self-sabotaging our own lives for not just no benefit for pretty drastic destruction of at least the present and probably several years. You're to come. selling yourself short though. You didn't do that. You didn't sabotage your own life. You went about your business and did things normally and attained some level of economic prosperity uh, and a social life during all of this. I suppose that's true, but I still did things. I didn't want, I still wore masks in environments in which I didn't want to that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, you I know? did on a plane a few times. Yeah. Stuff like that, that unprincipled. I shouldn't, but I did. And then I refused to, while he had COVID and infected a whole bunch of people on a plane. So. Well, that's just civic duty. I mean, that's. Well, I mean, if we would have let this just run through the country, do you really think that, that, that we would have had the repercussions yeah. that we actually did? Although having had it did not protect people against having to get vaccinated. So I guess it did nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Michael Anderson, Bernie is older than Joe by a year. Matt believes that a baby in a backseat carrier is part of the bank robbery team. Good ankle. I agree. Well, come on. A baby is not an adult who consents to the situation either, though. I mean, let's let's be clear. I get that it's you're not the same as the guy who robbed the bank. You're not the same as the guy driving the getaway car. But you're a party to the group that participated in the um, in the crime in that scenario or the neglect or the um, the the just the negligence in the case of Alec Baldwin. He had management duties that he's not owning up to. He had active participation in the implicated Definitely. party that he's not owning up to. And I gather you're kind of joking, but, um, but yeah, I, I know it's not exactly the same, but I, I think that he's not taking the responsibility that he should. Well, he probably feels really, really guilty. And that's why probably, how could you not? Yeah. Shout a woman to destroy, death. That's gotta be tough to deal with. Destroy my life. Um, Matthew self, have you guys been in communication with Nick Ricada to appear on his show? We have not, I have not received any emails. I have not heard anything. Obviously, as I mentioned, I don't um, I don't invite myself into other people's uh, pl- into other people's places. But uh, and I haven't made any invitation myself, but it's definitely possible that it could happen. So don't yeah. count it out. And thank you for the interest. Ken Nichols, Black Pill Blonde's not interested. Show's over. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not meet the press. Um, OK, I, I understand that my apathy has affected show quality, but I'm really trying hard to engage with the political realm when I truly believe in my heart this country is toast and that no political solutions exist. It's it's a it's a really hard thing to do. Okay. You can't lie, you know. You can't do that. But I am just checked out though. It's like, what do we even do? What do you, you get don't pregnant that, and then you force hope upon yourself. That's what you do. It didn't work with Emmeline. I already got pregnant. It did for a little. Don't you remember how soft you got during that period? You had all this weird, uncharacteristic sympathy for everybody. That wasn't because I was pregnant. It was because I was fat. Ah, well, so, I mean, they're kind of interchangeable concepts. No, they're not. Sort of. They're all belly. Have you ever seen a pregnant Asian woman? Yeah. Can't even tell they're pregnant from the back. Yeah. I was fat 
everywhere. I have fat toes. It was fucking gross. <laughs> and it made me like, oh, maybe I just didn't understand the plight of the body positivity movement. And then I pushed out my baby. I was like, oh, <laughs> never yeah. mind. Robin D. Banks, squeaky voice. Brian Stalta, totally straight. Says it's a pe- it's due to bad timing. Why CNN flopped? Well, I suppose it's never a good time to lose three hundred million dollars. I still want to see bank account info for this. Yeah, for real. Agreed. There's probably something more than meets the eye. Um, Knuckle Hunky Buck. According to CNN logic, that guy on the plane had a flawless conversation <sighs> with Mike Tyson. Yup. Yeah. Uh, John H., one of the founders of NASA, wrote a book in the 1950s in which the leader of the first successful trip to Mars' name is Elon, just a happy coinkydink. Nothing to see here, guys. Huh. Interesting. Mm. Incompetent hands. Blonde to-do list. First, shoot an 80s hair metal music video. Two, drive to Matt's house and cough in his face. Three, take all of her movie review material and apply for a job with Red Letter Media. Speaking of your husband dying and who you would marry next. I know I just said I would not get married, but that guy from Red Letter Media... Oh uh, yeah, I, well he's always praised. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that that channel's just fantastic. Have you been watching it in conjunction with our movie review? No, nah, I mean I'm not. I don't. Why watch I, Red Letter Media? Because fundamentally, I'm not a huge movie guy. I do it for this bit, but I don't really consume movie media in my own time. It's hard enough to consume the movies themselves with the time that I have. You know, mm, Robin E. Banks, Keith Obermensch. <laughs> Is returning to mainstream news just in time for Trump to win 2024. Great. I want to see that blatantly unhinged lunatic ranting, raving, and ringing on live televised news. I would. We need some more material for the show, so maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Uh, Citizen 7. Someone should point out to Fauci that the court made a legal decision, not a medical one. The CDC has no legal authority to do what it did, and the court made the correct legal decision. Yeah. Absolutely correct. The court said that according to the statute, this is not a decision for the CDC to make. Mm -hmm. And so where does the decision go? To its proper decision makers, which would be in this case, the states, if they want to handle this sort of thing, or if Congress, I don't, I wouldn't like it if Congress wrote a law. And I think even that would be somewhat constitutionally dubious, but at least they're lawmakers. So yeah, it's not, uh, judges shouldn't make health policy decisions. The judge didn't say you should or should not wear a mask. There was no yeah. health policy decision made by the court. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Boogeyman1917 says, cheers. Glow cheers. in the dark. Thank you for that. Um, most people don't even know Disney had a special exemption. Even me who lived here for my whole life, the people whining about Disney thing were quiet during the lockdowns. He also said, it's amazing censorship is good till a multi-billion dollar company has to pay. Just ignore the hypocrites. Yeah, I, I'm surprised. I wonder if that was common knowledge in Florida. I didn't know this, but I'm not a Florida resident. But, but yeah, you think we could all agree that um, on the principle of of equal application, equal standing before the law. And I I would guess that if there was any sort of unequal treatment under the law that would be most criticized by progressives, it would be unequal preferential treatment for mega corporations. Yep. And yet here they are here screaming they are. in favor of it. Jacko, what happened to the oven ready sounder? That was a good one. We should get that back in the queue. Um, oh, yeah, I don't think I have it. It's somewhere Lorenz, in my computer, but not ready right now. Fauci and Grosskrauts, that should be uh, broken from too much use. These people need to be <laughs> held accountable. Peace, please, Susan. I know. If people don't remember, that was uh, VJJ over at Twitter saying, Day of the Rope, Day of the oven Brick, ready. Oven Ready. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bane she Coop, was reading he, tweets like um, she was Sadiq yeah. Khan. That's how she created that sound. Gay muzzy terror. That's the yeah. best. The best ones come from reading tweets. Bane Coof, Elon wants you to eliminate bots by verifying users. No more non just slower free speech death. Mm. The real thing is, am I going to get my Twitter account back? That's, that's I, really what I care about. Well, a, a, re, a re, restoration of banned accounts would be a great step, but that's an interesting point too. Will anonymous accounts not be allowed? Because I wouldn't be in favor of that, obviously. I think anonymity should be protected for people who want it. Yeah. All right. Troll trace. Life Sanders says, Matt Rakita Law speculated that you're a lesbian. I think it's because of the plaid. Can you go on a show to clarify if you're a lesbian <laughs> or not? If so, can you make a video on your transition he does like softball and what else do lesbians like Subarus. Um, I'm a big Subaru fan. That's adopting pit bulls. Uh, sure. We can go with that. I guess um, for the sake of the bit. Let's see. Moving in with people too quickly. That's something lesbians like. <laughs> I'm a big fan of domestic abuse. Love <laughs> beating my wife. That's <laughs> a great pastime. It's I can't believe just I the plaid. can't believe I was defamed in that way. I'm going to have to go defend my honor. I did not Rikita. hear that. You dick. Wow. He, I swear he wears plaid too, though. Does he not? Or did I just I make know. that up in my head? Maybe he just doesn't look like a like a Montana lesbian. Like he, he seems like a plaid guy. Or did I just make that up? I'll have to clarify. Knuckle Hunky Buck. Blonde was amused by the sound of pubic hair coming from Matt's mouth. You know, it was the way that he said it. It was like saying it unironically and straightforward. He just said pubic hair. You know, when you work with somebody twice a week for six years, you think that you've heard everything they've had to say, but I've never heard that come out of his mouth. Yeah. I'm offended. If you could elevate just one person to superstar status, think Rogan Fauci level to try and change the world, who would it be? Hmm. Um, Dave Cullen. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking if I could have somebody in a position of... Uh great authority or great influence it might be sticks because he would reject the great authority and the great influence that's true he would just say nope i do not care about that at all get the hell but out of here secular oh my god I andrew anglin what am i thinking of course the great hero of our time <laughs> yeah uh, i i can't yeah. i'm so, sorry andrew wow i can't uh, believe that one almost slipped i know uh seagram's jen blonde you were the id the audience is the ego and matt is the super ego okay all right. Maybe that's why the, hmm. this works. Eat Godly. Uh, thank you very much. P. Daniel Todd. Scott Ritter has been around since the start of the Iraq war, but people forget he faded into obscurity because of his pedophilia conviction. Seriously? We trusted a pedo on Wednesday. What what the hell <clears throat> are we doing? Pedophilia um, conviction, but he's still out making tweets. He's not in prison. Uh, I was unaware of this. I got to look into this. Yeah. Will you look into it? Uh, VV says, I don't think the social hierarchy should be based on physical strength alone. Our current problems exist because stupid people aren't told to shut up with a, a noogie and smarter and wiser people are a bunch of pussies. Um, that's also true. There needs to be some kind of balance between physical strength and intellectual stamina. Uh, they used to have that in, you know, ancient Greece and such. They used to value both of those things held together and elevated. You're going to get me sick now. I'm dying. I'm dying here. Uh, this Scott Ritter fellow, yeah, former, um, I guess, Marine Corps intel officer. How pedo are, are we talking, like 17 or like 9? Uh, if I'm reading this correctly anyway, he had uh, arrests for convictions and sex offenses. So he was subject to two law enforcement sting operations in 2001. Meeting with an undercover police officer posing as a 16-year-old girl. Mm. 
misdemeanor crime, attempted endangerment of the welfare of a child. Arrested again November 2009 over communications with a police decoy that he met at an internet chat site. Police say he exposed himself through a web camera after the officer repeatedly identified himself as a 15-year-old girl. Ooh, okay, um, gross, but yeah. he's not a pedophile. That's pretty bad, though. That's that's not... Pretty bad, but he's not a pedophile. Well, <laughs> under the technical term, like p- pedophile refers to like prepubescent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not that, but still uh obviously had criminal implications and still the sort of thing i don't know if he was married uh that's a factor too but the sort of thing that you want to steer well clear of if you are he's 60 now so he would have been a 50 year old man maybe late 40s and you're exposing yourself to who you believe to be a 15 year old girl that's uh gross weird uh criminal i i understand 16 is the age of consent in several states though um, yeah, I, but even still, I, I understand as a matter of the law that uh, you might be clear in that case, too, if you're 50. But as a matter of just being a weirdo, uh, that's super weird. And I don't you, want anything I, to I'm do with, with you. you. Yeah. yeah. With you. Um, Ken Nichols says, in unrelated news, Boston's Franklin Park Zoo reported the escape of five, five female simians. <clears throat> Moving on. Um, I Adrian. don't. Don't make me don't, dip, 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 dip. Um, right. Adrian Kelly finally getting a chance to listen live. So I owe y'all some cash. Wife and I love your show. We're traditional Catholic family. Check into a mat traditional Latin mass. We have eight children. Mm. Number nine is due in December. You know, nobody has bigger families or more sex than my friends that are traditional Catholics. Congratulations. Uh, and uh, thanks for tuning in and supporting the show. I've referenced it before, little known fact, but uh, I am baptized Catholic. Yep, we got you. For so life. I don't know. I don't. I'm not giving any clues or indicators as to where things may be heading. And I, but um, but who knows? Thank and thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Scott Hoover, longtime listener, love the show. Trying to get my gaming group's YouTube channel off the ground would appreciate the shout out. Check out wicked remorse wicked remorse well thank you scott appreciate it holden mulray matt regarding Mar- marjorie taylor green january 6 and the definition of insurrection the thing to remember about the 14th amendment it has quite the penumbra on it love oh. you guys god bless i am um, every time someone says that word it makes me want to punch <laughs> in the face i don't even know why Penumbra is a word that only exists to mean I'm making up bullshit about the Constitution. So this this is perfectly is applies. Why? You're I'm right. Like, Penumbra is famous. I think it first appeared in Griswold v. Connecticut. But of course, mm. the idea was expanded into Roe v. Wade and the idea that there are penumbras in the Constitution. If you just look, you'll find all sorts of unenumerated rights that aren't written in there, but clearly were intended by, you know, uh, people centuries ago. Uh, yeah, the, I wonder what the penumbras have to say about insurrection as defined by the 14th Amendment. And that's the thing about the 14th Amendment. It's the one amendment they use to mean literally anything. It yep. gives you a right to contraception. It gives you a right to abortion. It gives you a right to whatever the hell they want you to have a right to. And and I don't say that to mean like as it, that I oppose married couples or really anybody having access to contraception as a matter of policy just the idea that the 14th amendment was written with the idea of conferring a right to contraception as a constitutional matter i'm sure they were not thinking about i mean that's that. insane that's uh, how to reach that conclusion you got to dig deep into the penumbras 
Knuckle Hunky Buck. I'm a Dapper Dan man, damn it. <laughs> he also said, <laughs> yeah, great line. movie title criticism coming from the man who named the Matt and Blonde show. That's rich. <laughs> the blank one was a mistake. Please refund that. <laughs> okay, um, we'll send you that back. <laughs> if you're serious, uh, Mr. Hunky Buck, of course I can refund you. Uh, if uh, I don't know if you're joking or if you're serious, but of course, thanks for your su- support for the show tonight. And I am not going to be niggardly. The Matt and Blonde show is a delightful show name beautifully simplistic and it is by the way to my criticism about oh brother where art thou it describes exactly what you're going to get on this show you know exactly what you're getting into when you hear That's the true. Matt blonde show. i wanted to go with the sanity safe space yeah. yeah but i was brutally rebuffed simplicity that's you, you were probably right. Although people still hate on the name like two years later. Um, <laughs> That's Brom, yeah. Have you ever watched a movie called Brat or Brother? It, it Brat or Brother? It is a Russian movie subtitles from mid to late 90s. The main actor is it. I have not even heard of it. No, no, I don't know anything about it. Um, as I turned unbound. <clears throat> it's ironic that the Coens see themselves as so edgy, but in this movie substituted the word Negro when the N word would have been more historically appropriate. Hmm. By the way, Blonde is 100% right about tremors. You get out of here. Get the elephant gun. No, no, she says, I didn't even get the pen- penetration with the elephant gun. That's- <laughs> that was the best part of the movie. I'll give you that. That was, yeah. Tactical Reba was great. Uh, Long Don John. Uh, Blonde and I were going to make love. Then she saw my golden retriever, so she sent Matt in and said, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Dude. I don't think that this was us. It's the most uh, goddamn faggy thing you ever seen. Seriously, I, I don't. I have no recollection of this, so I'm starting to lose my mind. I don't remember talking about golden retrievers at all. Hmm. It's so faggy. Um, Mark Wiseman, uh, for more about the Northmen, see Wikipedia entry for Amleth. Amleth. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't know what that's referencing. Spread my cheeks, Daddy. Why? Why would you do that? A Why figure you- of medieval Scandinavian legend, direct inspiration of the character of Prince Hamlet. The hero of William Shakespeare's tragedy, Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. Interesting. Uh, Nazi. I love Nazi. (laughs) Clever. Uncle A didn't go hard enough, but he led the way for the rest of us. Is it okay to be sexually degenerate within the confines of marriage? Um, Hmm. Yes, within reason. Well, certainly... uh, loyalty and faith uh, faithfulness to your partner is of high priority so i think that's better i think the monogamy of that situation is better than a a promiscuous alternative however if we accept the premise that that the sexual relationship is fundamentally for the purpose of rearing children if it's not put to that purpose it's probably not the most moral use of that act i would say come on you can't be married for like 60 years with no bjs (laughs) <laughs> uh no comments but um, no butt stuff let's just all leave that off the table i i guess you have to be on a lot of these topics i think you have to be willing to pick your battles too like there exists a level of sexual purity to which we all should aspire but there is a lot of difference between that sexual purity and the absolute degeneracy that we see going on right now and, and i think as long as you're closer or moving toward what is the ideal you shouldn't you're not a bad person for maybe not achieving the ideal yeah okay you gotta have some fun all right have some fun mark wad says ukraine is orthodox christian orthodox christians view the western church as corrupted by secular liberal values including live and let live 
with the gays. For us, the culture wars are a civil war. For them, it's a foreign invasion. Mm. I, Interesting. I, whoops, <clears throat> I, I hit the wrong one. That's He said the N-word. Shut up, Dan. <laughs> it's, it's the Bernie N-word. That's what I wanted. I am not going to be niggardly. Um, <laughs> Ralph Rojas says, Blonde, your eyes are, are mesmerizing. Thank you. Wow. Green eyes. Um, Very see. rare. That's the rarest eye color, right? 3% of the world population. And mm. Emmelines are turning slightly green, and I am so pleased about it. Calvins have remained blue. We they thought will they might... for a while. It'll be a while. They could still change, but that said, uh, seven months in, and they have not yet. Um, we'll see. Uh, Ryan says, Filipina Cuban is Cupid. Why did I say Cuban? Is the best place if you're ready to sell them. Asian and Catholic, best of both worlds. Filipinos are loyal, hardworking, family-oriented, beautiful, and cooperative. Wife is 30, looks 19. Uh, he meant to say ready to settle down. Yeah. And Ryan, if uh, if you... Ready the, to sell them is yeah, what he said. It's funny that it came through that way. Because they're yeah. probably available for purchase as well. If you'd like exactly, to purchase yeah. a Filipino wife. And then if you don't like them, then you can sell them to another white man who isn't making the dating game work here. I, I don't know say, how I feel about this. Like, I, I understand this um, this kind of fetishistic thing with Asian women. But I'm telling you, I've heard this from so many people. You marry an Asian woman thinking they're going to be cooperative and subservient. And then you get behind closed dorms, doors and they are just batshit crazy. I've heard huh. this from like a dozen people that have may or may not have done some sex tourism in Asia. Uh <laughs> But I, I believe it. It's like you marry a Japanese woman. She's like, oh, I'm so sub submissive to you. And then you close the door and she's like hitting you with a shoe. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I, I, I haven't heard the stories, but I guess I could believe it. I don't know about Filipino women. I haven't heard anything about them, but we're good. Over here. Here's my only question to close because I notice it's Filipina and I'm sure that that is uh, the proper gendering of the term, right? There's Filipino versus Filipina in the chat. And I think that's deliberate to denote gender or am I mistaken? I, if, I have no idea. If that's correct, is there Philippine X? Like Latin X. <laughs> is Philippine X a thing? I doubt it. Philippinks. <clears throat> I don't know. Anybody in the Philippine X community message me <laughs> to clarify. All right. Uh, that will do it then. And uh, of course, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us live tonight. We appreciate all your jokes in the chat. We appreciate your decisions on what freaks are or are not hot and all your other clarity course we appreciate your super chats as well thank you for those and if you're listening later on demand thank you kindly as well for tuning in and for supporting the show also if you can't get enough if you'd like more to listen to we do have more of the show over on the audio platforms you can catch up on the wednesday uh, call-in show and see if we did discuss golden retrievers being gay or not uh, you can listen to some of Blonde's uh, interviews, other material you might not find on YouTube. It's all on the audio platforms. Find them in the description and over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Find everything show-related on the website, in fact, mattchristensenmedia.com. We will be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys.
Susan!